But yeah. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doubles. And also, I, I do not mind saying I've had a huge crush on Velma for literally my entire life. Absolutely, yeah. That was, <laughs> I, I was going to say, that topic will come up yep. time and time again. Alright. Actually, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. Were you, were you queuing it? Davenport. We are a monthly podcast about horror and sci-fi television from retro days. Today, we are going to be cover Scooby-Doo episodes and a Scooby-Doo movie. The Scooby-Doo's, the Scooby-Don'ts. We are covering meddling kids in a van with a dog. <laughs> Today, we got with us my beautiful wife, Allison. Hello. My brother-in-law, Andy. Hello. And some guy we found on the street. <laughs> Hi! It's Chris! <laughs> Alright. Um, so yeah, Scooby-Doo, we all grew up with it as kids. Um, some of us probably delved into it deeper than others. And it's kind of a cultural thing that everyone really knows. There's Scooby-Doo jokes all the time in mm -hmm. every... Well, not every movie, obviously, but movies all the time, TV shows all the time, lots of pop culture references because it's such an ingrained thing, and it's kind of a children's introduction to the macabre. So yeah, I mean, I loved it as a kid, and then I grew up to love murder mysteries and everything else, so... Anyways, and... Did you grow up to love murder, just in general, or...? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Murder mystery's really good. <laughs> okay. No, I'm, I'm, dark, I'm not Chris. one of those guys... <laughs> I'm not one of those guys that, like, reads, like, uh, the, the books about, like, serial killers. Right, exactly. I used to work with a guy who was really obsessed with... He'd, you'd always, like, talk to him, and he'd always be, like, on his lunch break reading a new, like biography about some serial killer and it's like dude I that's, guy, you're I creeping me like out that. right now yeah yeah, yeah. he's like oh it's been a really long time since we've had a good serial killer and like, <laughs> so... that's, probably, that's a good thing right yeah yeah, yeah i'm still friends with him on facebook <laughs> he, he made a post all about like uh how he lost charlie manson recently yes what a tragedy oh yeah. Anyways, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Two minutes in. We're yeah, right. less than two minutes in, <laughs> and we're already on a gross tangent. <laughs> Good job, um, guys. Yeah, Scooby-Doo, I it's I wouldn't quite classify it as horror, but it is a, a comedy mystery show with lots and lots of horror elements. Yeah. You've always got you've always got ghosts and spirits and specters, all sorts of stuff, hauntings, people wanting to scare people off, you know? Right. You're right. I think, well, yeah, I think in a way it kind of makes it easier for kids to process those kind of things because they present it with a silly kind of backdrop. Mm -hmm. I, I look well, at... and then it's not real at the end. You know? Right, exactly. It's yeah. like, you're, it's always reassured at the end. It's okay, kids, it wasn't real. It's just you a know? guy in a mask. Which is great because in, in the monster movies, it is just a guy in the mask. Right. Or it's mm -hmm. a Pepper's Ghost illusion or yeah. a smoke yeah. machine or something. 
Well, so I read, um, I was looking at the Wikipedia page because I was trying to figure out, you know, the, the theme is so much like, it reminds me of uh, Sugar Sugar. You know, it's very bubblegum and it's great. Totally oh, yeah, not, it's totally not Archie's. The, yeah. yeah, not the same songwriters, but it does have that feel. But one of the interesting things that I read about, about it was that it was created as a non-violent cartoon for kids at the time, I guess all the superhero cartoons were really big, and so there was a lot of pushback from parent groups. Right, they were like, they're oh, all like fighting they're all the time. Yeah. They're super violent, so they're like, "Well, okay, you know, they'll just get into mysteries and solve mysteries, and it'll be fun." Even though it's hijinks like, ensue, yeah. pirate ghosts and stuff. Pirate ghosts. Pirate ghosts. It's interesting you mentioned that because in the interviews, um, one of the original producers, whose name I forget, and also an interview with Casey Kasem, who's the original voice of Shaggy, um, both of them were asked the drug question about whether or not Shaggy is a drug user or not, and they say, "Well, no. The heart of the show is too wholesome. Shaggy's just an idiot who's hungry all the time." Right. It's, well, like you he's know. a teenager, yeah. and teenage boys often will decimate a kitchen in seconds. That's true. Right. That's true. You don't need right. drugs to be hungry all the time as a no. He's a, he's a growing young boy. You could, yeah. you From 1969 to 2015, <laughs> yeah. he's been a growing teenage boy. I mean, you could certainly infer that. Mm-hmm. You can certainly, and that. they do in the movie, but that's a whole different. Yeah, but, sure. but the, right the, right the point anything. is, he was never intended in that. Way. Right, that's, that's interesting because yeah. because it is the same thing. It's it's supposed to be a wholesome show for kids. At least right. sort of your late sixties, laid back beach bum kind of dude. Yeah, you know, the yeah. way he talks and hangs out. He's he reminds me a little bit of if you guys ever watched the Dobie Gillis show. Oh, he's totally Maynard he's G. Like, he's, oh. Yeah, he's yeah. very much Maynard. It's it's um Bob. I always want to say Bob, um, Bob Den- Denver. Bob Denver. No, oh, I always, I always mix it up and I get John Denver John and Denver. Bob Denver yeah. mixed well, up. I thought you were going to say Bob Fosse. But no, Bob Denver his first role was as Maynard G. Krebs on Dobie Gillis, who was a uh, beatnik kid. I loved Maynard. Kid. Oh, that's right. And yeah. he would always he like drums. kind of faint when people would say job. <laughs> <laughs> job! Oh! God, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the notes I wrote when watching the second episode that we watched. I mean, we'll cover the first episode. Right. Oh, but, just but, so you guys yeah. know, we uh, we watched the first three episodes ever. We also watched a couple episodes before that, but that's just... we. I've been binge-watching Scooby-Doo <laughs> for like the last three weeks. And boy, is there a lot. Yeah, um, and we watched the first three episodes to talk about today. We watched the movie that was later aired on Cartoon Network on Halloween in 1998, which Mm -hmm. was Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island, and because we just didn't quite get enough (laughs) Scooby-Doo after that, we watched the first episode of 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. More like Scooby-Poo. Yeah. Um, Oh, guys, it it wasn't that bad. It had Vincent Price in it. Yeah, it does have Vincent Price in it. That's really good. And, you know, that Flim Flam character is hilarious. (laughs) I hate you. So, real quick, uh, since you said that we watched the very first three episodes, they Mm -hmm. were part of the original series, which aired in uh, 1969, and it was titled Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yes hasn't the epic theme song that everyone always remembers yeah that was a great bridge it's just a great bubble gum you know and all the music all the background yeah. music is always really that drum break it's, <laughs> it's yeah. the classic scooby-doo mm-hmm. yeah 
And it's it's a Scooby Doo that anyone who watched reruns growing up got because I know mm -hmm. Val and I watched it growing up. You guys probably watched. It oh yeah, yeah. it's Absolutely. the main Scooby Doo, Scooby -Doo I remember. Everyone got introduced yeah, to because it's the one they just kept replaying over and over. Yeah, I think it was even, the only one that was really really good. Right, yeah, right. yeah, I think even our stepsister grew up watching the reruns because she was into the movies too. She was like Christina. Yeah, Christina. She was like three or four when the movies came out. She was way into Scooby Doo for a while. It's really appealing. I think a lot of kids have a light taste for the macabre. They don't want to go super dark. Yeah. But, you know, in the, as a kid in the 80s, we were all really into um, the uh, scary, scary Tales to Tell in the Dark series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, those were always on hold at our local library <laughs> and in elementary school. And those I remember... illustrations still give me They're nightmares. terrifying. Oh, I, yeah. I remember That's when funny. I would get to check one out, I'd be riding home on the bus and I'd be reading it. And I was thinking, how is this in our library? I feel like I'm getting away with something. Well, you know, they were so terrifying. That's finally going to be a series, I guess. I heard that. Yeah. Oh, like a TV series? Yeah. Is it going to be animated then? I don't know. I guess Guillermo del Toro is um, like executive producing it or something. So I think I'm I heard so that excited. too. If they animated it in the style of the illustrations, oh, yeah. it would be so twisted. It would be disturbing. <laughs> Anyway, so, you know, and and I was a Girl Scout, and we used to love to tell creepy stories around the campfire, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage, and Scooby-Doo has that feel to it, especially the original series. You've got the sort of simplistic animation, and we were commenting when we were watching the first three episodes how there's sort of a watercolor wash background to a lot of the scenery when they're running around in the dark, whether it's a swamp or a creepy castle oh, or, it's like you know, a haunted almost, beach. Almost impressionistic, you know. It's right. very yeah, yeah. dreamlike in the background. I mean, the characters themselves are hashed out a little bit more in brighter colors, although they don't have pupils and, you know, they their mouth moves kind of funny. It's cheap animation. Right. But, like, the backgrounds are really well done like artistically yeah. well done well and i love the animation for the intro of the original series it's great it looks like the artwork on those old school disney haunted house records like oh, that's exactly. really that's chilling sound every time yeah really chilling sounds. and you've got some bats flying by it's just mm -hmm. so classic it's it's exciting it feels like pure halloween and i think that's for a kid who loves halloween old scooby-doo is you know it's a little bit of halloween every day yeah 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 um what was it your mom used to say drew when you would watch scooby-doo well, she TV? just thought it was just such cheap animation and like <laughs> it was just them like basically they're walking in place you know yeah. as a a scroll goes by right. the same three trees you know mm -hmm. which was also a classic <clears throat> A classic cheap technique in a lot of horror movies. You know, if anybody's right. watched a lot of MST3K, has heard them riff on, you know, something like Track of the Moon Beast, and like, here we are, we're running through the same section of cave <laughs> right, once yeah. again. Well, didn't you, and also, since since we mentioned your mom really quick, um, I thought oh, you God, should share, I think you should share oh, the no. story oh, about no. your, Drew recently on Mother's Day, spoke I with his my mom. Mother, of course, yeah. That's what you do like on a good Day, son. I love my mother. Hi, Mom. And so when I was talking to my mom, my dad had to come in on the background and yell out, Why is your mother Googling glory holes? <laughs> to which I said, Please don't do that. And my mom informed me, No, it's okay. She already knows what glory holes are. 
And I said, that's the end of the conversation. Yes. And if this is your first episode that you're listening to of the Haunted Davenport podcast, this is a callback to our episode on the BBC production of Ghost Watch, <laughs> where George. the glory hole in question is relating to <laughs> the story the of Ghost Watch and... <laughs> Some hilarity ensues as we discuss that episode. So, in which curious, I told my mom in the episode, don't Google Glory Holes. <laughs> because, you know, she's supportive and she listens to our show. So, hi, she Leslie. Loves the show. Hi, Blaine. Aww. She may be one of our biggest listeners. <laughs> anyway, um, do we want to talk about anything specific from the three episodes of the original series that we watched? Oh, they, I mean, I think. Almost everybody listening is probably familiar with the formula. You know, the gang is out doing something, doesn't matter what, having a beach party, driving someplace, being good Samaritans, you know, trying to help out a couple of circus folk they find on the roadside, whatever. Not having jobs. Not having just, jobs or responsibilities. Right. That's right. Teenagers just, cruising around in a van. Yeah, just hanging they out. You don't have jobs, you're no. right. And, um, you know, and invariably they happen upon a mystery. You know, there's a haunted house or maybe somebody's disappeared or... There's legend to be, you it's know... It's always a groovy mystery. Was, yeah. Mm -hmm. was, there a, was there ever a prequel kind of episode or in any of the How other they got together? Well, there's that's named Scooby-Doo. That's what popped through my head was, how do these people know each other? Like, I get Fred and Daphne, like, that seems to make kind of sense to mm -hmm. me. Ex-lovers? Like, <laughs> right, right, exactly. But but I, I, I just don't know where... Velma and, and Shaggy kind of like fit in the whole oh, thing. Oh, Velma and, and Shaggy. And really, whose dog is Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo is his own dog. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have an owner. Yeah. He's, he's just chill, man. I sort of, in my head as a kid, always just assumed that they were all old schoolmates and yeah. had an interest in mysteries and the macabre and that, you know, that's how they got they had, together. They had like a breakfast club experience, oh. except except <laughs> the principal yeah, was a villain. Oh, that would be yeah. a exactly. sweet parody. Before we get going too far, <laughs> apparently we should have watched a pup named Scooby-Doo. No. no, no, no. So a, a pup named Scooby-Doo just presupposes that they're all children living in the suburbs. Right. That's, that's the whole premise of that show. So they just know each other from the neighborhood. Yeah, they're so just they just neighborhood grew up kids. together. And, and, and they have like a neighborhood-like club Finger quotes that they, right. they solve Oh, that's mysteries. right. Isn't it like a clubhouse, though? Yeah, they have like a clubhouse, yeah, 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 and, yeah, they, yeah. and people pay them to solve mysteries or something. It's, uh, and it's know. always red herring. It's, yeah, or he's somehow involved. I, I can't remember always why. him in a mask. Yeah. I'm he's just assume, a red-headed bully. I'm gonna assume, though, the mystery machine is Shaggy's van. <laughs> I'm Except just gonna... it's always Fred driving it. Oh, that's you're true. Right. Yeah. You're right. I think it's Fred's van. Well, because Shaggy's too... Shaggy's too, uh... He's an uh, idiot. He can't yes, drive. He doesn't have a driver's yeah. license because he can't get he's got a driver's license. Here's the thing, because I always remembered how idiotic Shaggy would behave, but in the first couple of episodes of the original series, he has some intelligent moments and catches on to things before other people do. It's just because he seems like he's kind of a space cadet that's yeah. right. harder to take seriously. Mm -hmm. But I actually don't think he's any less intelligent than anybody else in the gang. No. But you sort of forget that because he's sort of stereotyped as, you know, well, he's, kind he's of... a stoner looking yeah. for food. Yeah. And he, and, he lo and he loves to crack those terrible, terrible jokes. But in the first, yeah. I think in the, in the very first episode, the one called uh, What a Night for a Night, I kind of remember, because we watched so much, it's kind of going to blur together, but yeah, I, I, I remember there being a moment where he's picking up on what was happening before anyone else, and I think he's a major part of the reveal discussion of who 
the guy was, you know, in, in the mm-hmm. suit of armor because it's about a, a haunted suit of armor in a museum. Also in that, the very first episode, there's a scene where they're breaking into the museum at night, <laughs> which is kind of disturbing to me. It's like they break into this museum because <laughs> right. this place is locked up tighter than a drum. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a museum. They don't want people stealing stuff. And so then they get up the ladder, and then they climb the ladder to go through a window. They make that's Shaggy That's not quite tall it. enough. Yeah. And so, because Shaggy's the only one that can fit through the window. Uh, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. And it's not quite tall enough, so they get the jack out of the back of the van, which has a bunch of camping equipment and hardware. <laughs> and then there's, like, four episodes later, five, I don't remember, I watched so many episodes the last few days. <laughs> um... They have a computer system in the back of the van, so apparently the van kind of interchanges to whatever they... It's like a transformer. Whatever yeah, they yeah. need the van to be that day, well, that's I think what it's it like is. A, I think it's literally like, it's, it's a TARDIS. Yeah, right? it's, I think it's, it's totally it's, what it is. It's, it's bigger on the inside, for sure. <laughs> they, the inside, exactly. They but, vandalize the hell out of Oh, the yeah, so then they get the car jack out, and they get it, and it's still not quite tall enough, and Velma says... Uh, I almost got the entire line, it's... Shaggy's the swinginest act or swinginest gymnast at school or something. Yeah. So they're definitely still in high school, oh, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. During the first, you know, okay. incarnation. And so like he does a little move and like jumps up and zips through the window, but then of course, after he gets through the window, comes crashing down through two floors of museum. Cracks a couple, you know, Ming Dynasty vases. Yes. Breaks um, every, every priceless. You know, yeah, yeah, just... just, just a few million dollars in '60s money mm-hmm. worth of, uh, <laughs> worth of museum yeah. artifacts. Yeah, we should. Uh, while we're talking about Shaggy, we should point out that he's actually, he actually has uh, a couple of talents that nobody else seems to have. He's a ventriloquist. Oh yeah, he can throw his voice. He's yeah. an acrobat. That's he's cool. a gourmand. He loves food. Oh, he knows yeah. all about it. Yeah, he's all made... about. With like chocolate covered sardines yeah. and things. So I don't know about well, gourmet his, there. And his name, everybody has a conventional name, you know, in the series, but apparently Shaggy is a nickname and his real name is Norval Rogers? <laughs> Norval Rogers. Norval Which Rogers. I did not know until today. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did not yeah. know that at all. Norval no idea. Rogers. It's like Cosmo Kramer. Yeah, yeah. yeah he is kind of Cosmo Kramer. <laughs> yeah, except for I kind of think. They, I'm assuming whoever wrote the original characters had that in mind from the beginning, and I'm pretty sure Cosmo Kramer was tacked on as a jump the shark moment for Seinfeld. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I always got the impression that that was just well, some BS the thing they did. Well, I remember the joke for years was, is Kramer's first name or his last name, and the right. joke was, it's both, and his middle name yeah. is, is Versus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh... yes. Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> well, anyway, so they also have in the very first episode, they have a scene where they get in an airplane, an antique a- airplane, and you know planes better than I do. I don't oh. remember. Yeah, it, 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 it in the like museum. A, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a World War I yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Andy yeah. for people listening can't see where I'm gesturing. Andy, <laughs> Andy knows his planes. But yeah, so they fly that through the museum and break the wings off the plane, and Scooby's the one flying, of course. And then later in the next episode that we saw, Scooby's uh, driving a boat. Mm -hmm. He just, you know... He's a multi-talented oh, right. dog. Well, he accidentally drives the boat. He's not really he driving. He also accidentally he crashes flies into the plane. 
But halfway through, he suddenly has an aviator cap with goggles on. Well, because he's flying. He yeah. had aviator goggles. And they're fly. tearing up and doing all this damage, and they end up busting this guy who was an art th- thief who was working within the museum. Yeah, right. But he was think... replacing the art pieces with his own copies yeah, and selling the originals. The, but the, it's we were discussing while we were watching it that it's very much like like the Ghostbusters. They do more damage than than help <laughs> yeah. when they come to solve a case. And you know, you wonder does does the Scooby Gang ever get get a bill mm-hmm. <laughs> or get get the, arrested? The, the cops always show up at the end, and they always seem you know happy with the gang's results. Yeah, yeah, yeah never they mind. Didn't have to do any work. I'm just saying, that museum, priceless artifacts, and... and... That museum had everything. Oh, the museum yeah. was the Smithsonian in one building. It, had it was like... Aztec like... artifacts, it had a tank, It was. <laughs> it was like the museum from our first episode from the Night Gallery... Remember oh, the Nazi? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, was yeah. Museum. It, it was that museum. It had a little bit of everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Dinosaur skeletons. Yeah. Yeah. Priceless works of art. Some sculptures. Whatever. Right. Right. You just kind of assume, yeah, it's a museum. It has everything. Absolutely. But, like, when they pull up to it, the museum is not that big of a building. Scooby-Doo episode I'll never forget where they're on, I want to say, they're on like a little like fishing boat, but they're chasing someone or something. I'll never forget that. And they do that classic like move the the background, you know, right, 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 right. Keeps repeating over and over. And so, so in the wide shot, it's this tiny little boat and then, you know, they have a chase as though the the boat were like 25 feet long. Mm. They're always weird with their proportions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The show also tends to move, at least in that first season, more or less only in two dimensions. They kind of go back right. and forth. Right, up and right. down. It's kind of a side-scroller. No yeah, yeah. It's definitely a side-scrolling. And if anybody knows where the first season of Scooby-Doo actually takes place, we were kind of, we were, we were thinking California, just because they, you know, hang out at night and on the beach quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, morning. yeah, yeah. But then uh, I was rethinking that, because mm-hmm. there's always trees that are leafless, which is, you know, great for that, like, creepy, spooky feel. Yeah, they, they kind of go that's not like, really Californian. No, they kind of go to, like, Once boggy just dead areas. trees all yeah, the time. Yeah, It's like, always boggy, well, but miniskirts are totally fine. Maybe yeah. they're in Northern California. They definitely seem West Coast, though, and they've got a, you know, a really souped-up van that's part of that 70s van culture look, you know? That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah, they could be, like, amazing. kind of in the Bay Area, just, like, on the outskirts oh, somewhere. Oh, I can see that. Uh, yeah. I would love to have a shag and wagon van what's like that. Uh, what's the town that's just on the other that Winona Riders from? And Petaluma? Yeah. Maybe it's like that area or oh, something. Oh, could be. Yeah. You know, around Chico. Yeah. I know I know that because it, cause it's where, <laughs> where I get the silk for, for my business. Oh, out of Petaluma. There's a nice little kind of a counterculture holdover over there. Hmm. Or it could be like Humboldt area. Maybe Shaggy's yeah. still there. <laughs> Up in NorCal. Uh, there you go. Definitely yeah. not Oregon. No. Yeah. Too much sand on those beaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not cold enough. Uh, let's, yeah, let's have a beach party. Ooh, cold. Yeah, and they're like surfing. Yeah, you're not going to be surfing on the Oregon beach without a wetsuit. Of no. course, if you're a dog, 
He's a dog when he's surfing. He's got fur. It's kind of like having a wetsuit. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dogs a, are cool. That's cool. a weird opening, though, that that second episode that we watched where they're like, oh, we're having a beach party. They're having a night beach party. Night where's beach where's party. Scooby? He's no. out night surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not worried about, like, sneaker waves or anything? Mm. Just pitch black, Scoob? Come yeah. on. I mean, I get, like, you know, you build a bonfire and you hang out. But yeah. usually, you know, you start earlier in the day. And then, mm-hmm. you know, but, but they just pull up in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> ain't no thing. <laughs> yeah, that struck me as odd for that second episode, which was confusing because... Apparently, according to Wikipedia, that was the second episode that aired, but we were watching these all on Boomerang, and uh, that's the... No, sorry, that's the third episode that aired, but it's the second episode listed on Boomerang. So, you know, if you care about the order episodes came out in, I couldn't tell you what the act... I don't think anybody actually is connecting... This is, this is literally like the definition of a monster of the week show. Tonight, yeah. exactly. the season finale Scooby-Doo. <laughs> we finally find out who Scooby-Doo's mother's murderer really was. No. Uh, it was the Humane Society. Oh. Dun-dun-dun. Yes. Is that where the new graphic novel series that DC is doing is headed? Oh, the Dark Turn. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So for those, I want a gritty uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those interested in sort of a modern retelling of the Scooby Doo story with the Scooby Doo characters in sort of a darker format, DC Comics did a version of Scooby Doo that I believe is brand new. Um, I'm not sure when exactly it came out. I'm searching through my notes here, not finding everything that I wrote down. Um, Let's see. It's definitely new to us. We haven't read it. So. But they made it. They made it. Darker, well, well, made it? all of well, the all of the all Hanna Barbera yeah, stuff. Yeah, Hanna Barbera titles are getting that treatment through graphic novels. Like, um, I think maybe Flintstones was the first one, or maybe it was Archie. Hmm. But like, they're doing. Or no, oh, here Archie's we go. Separate. But like, they're doing them as graphic novels, but like really serious and dark. Huh. We we have we have a couple. Of... Oh no, no! No, actually, we you'll have, have to, a couple. You'll have to read it afterwards. After a, after we record the episode, we'll show you. They're actually they're really well written. It's really yeah. dark and twisted. They're, they're kind like, of they're depressing like war and sad. I, I remember the Archie. Maybe that's not connected, but I remember Archie had that character arc where Archie. I think dove in son of, it dove in front of someone's bullet to save like Reggie's life or something. So Archie died, and so then like the whole the well, whole there's a Archie thing. zombie. Well, no, we have Archie versus there's, Predator. Archie versus yeah. Predator, and oh. then and then um and then there's the the twisted. I think I'm trying to remember the name of the Sabrina the Teenage Witch series that just came out. Mm. It's like. Spooky Tales or Chilling... No, it's the Chilling Tales of Sabrina, I believe. I don't have that in front of me, so I'm just going from memory, and my so is, mind is ju- a jumbled mess. Is Alan Moore writing these? Or, <laughs> oh, or, or who's... Scooby-Doo um, Alan Moore and... Uh, Frank Miller. Frank Miller. No. One no. of the main guys at DC, I guess, is sort of at the helm of all these Hanna-Barbera reboots, and the Scooby-Doo series is called the Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, and it's has the gang in a post-apocalyptic scenario where Weird. they're fighting... Creatures and huh, saving the huh. day. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if it's if it's anything on the level of the Flintstone series that they've put out. It's probably pretty good because the writing in the Flintstone series is really good. Yeah, yeah, like the is there really a good. is there a Jetsons one too? Yeah, 
There is. There is. Yeah. It's like Jetsons yeah. meets Blade Runner. It, no, it's, it's, it's going to be like Black Mirror. It's going to be all oh, about yeah, yeah. technology. Yeah. Actually, that would be... A double-edged sword. That would be really rad. Actually. I don't know. I've only read the Flintstones ones, but they're good. Hmm. So then we watched... The third episode we watched was called uh, Hassle in the Castle, and there's a great moment where there's this talking skull. They <laughs> end up accidentally on an island and... They are running through a haunted castle from a ghost, and it's a really classic ghost that you actually see in the intro of every Scooby-Doo episode for right. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? It's the sheet ghost. Yeah, the classic ghost. It's ghost. so, it's like Although an this... iconic image from my childhood. I look at that, and I'm like, I know that ghost. Yeah. <laughs> or, and also the, um, the robot monster. Oh, that, yeah. Like, yeah, is in every, yeah. the intro. Sure. That's like episode, like, five or something. I don't remember. I already watched that one. But yeah, this one, the third episode... Are we already getting into the third episode? Yeah. yeah. The second episode was one with all the puppets. There's not a lot going on in it. Or was no, it? No, the, that was the, the that was when we were watching trailer. before oh, we watched geez. these. The second episode we was... We watched so much Scooby-Doo. We haven't even touched the second episode. The second we gotta epi- go through the second okay, episode. The second episode That's is the, the glowing the, deep sea diver. Right, right, glowing deep right. sea diver. And uh, that, <clears throat> the episode is called A Clue for Scooby-Doo. And they visit a woman who's supposedly a widow <laughs> and she has a and she has stuff around she's and, obviously and studying witchcraft which is what velma says velma. when she sees her kitchen and then she has a book that says witchcraft, witchcraft made, made easy, easy. <laughs> so that's that's fun and in that one scooby scooby-doo drives a boat so that's that's good mm. times right and they they are scuba diving looking for the ghost and the name of the episode is because Scooby finds the clue, yeah. which is a bunch of used uh, diving scuba scuba tanks, air tanks. Oh, is that where they got them? I missed that. I just yeah. suddenly they were all underwater, and I was yeah, like, Yeah, there's the a lot of... <laughs> Scooby-Doo jumps around a bit. Yeah, they, I, I mentioned this earlier, but Scooby-Doo, the, especially the original series, is a, a show where things just sometimes happen. Right. Um, like, so Scooby-Doo in this episode good. falls into a boat, and for some reason the boat just turns on and it goes, and, right. you know, things Yeah, happen. if you look away for a minute, which, you know, kids back in, this, in the 70s and 80s watching these didn't have phones or an iPad in front of them or something that they're dinking around with. Usually <laughs> they're just glued to the screen. Yeah. But I think kids today are so used to just kind of multitasking. I think I could see kids kind of zoning out for a minute and thinking, this is kind of slow, and then totally missing something that yeah. happens really fast <laughs> and then well, wondering what's going on. And we were all on our phones, of course, Googling Scooby-Doo facts. Yes, yeah, right, yeah, of course. Well, and already so already you look down for a second, type in something, you look up, and you're like, wait... Why are they in a castle now? Yeah, they were right. on a boat a second ago. Where yeah. did they get into a castle? And you're like, someone else has to plan. Oh, no, no. They they ran aground in the fog, and there was a castle on the island they ran aground on. Why were they in a boat? We don't know why they were in a boat. Matter. They just were. But, right, well, we, we had <laughs> but that's episode three. We're still doing episode two. We, we, yeah, we have that moment then, I think, at the end of that episode where they do the unmasking. You know, let's see who's behind it. And the whole time I'm like, oh, it's the guy's wife, because that doesn't make any sense. But, right. you know, yeah. and, it's, and it's some guy that they didn't set up earlier. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we yeah, all kind of were like, wait. In episode the, three, they that? didn't give you, like, a preview of who the ghost could be no, yeah, like, yeah. like usually they kind of give you some hints like 
oh, forward nod, a wink, you know, they're like, oh, here's the ghost, but he doesn't have a mask on. And then, like, in this one, it's like they run aground. This is number three. Mm -hmm. um, they run aground, and then they go through a castle, and things start happening they in the castle. And then at the end, police just show up because they saw their boat run aground yeah, on what, an island. What was the guy trying to haunt for? Was there treasure? There was yeah. treasure yeah. in oh, the sure, castle right. that was on the island because obviously. And he's a magician, <laughs> so he had he was... time to rig some Pepper's ghost illusions and. You know, set up, right. set up traps and stuff to try and Within scare them away the from... Within the five minutes yeah. it took them from running aground <laughs> well, to yeah, getting yeah. to the castle I as he saw them walking up. I know they said something about nobody could park their yachts there in the bay, and I just kind of figured it was like an anti-gentrification kind of thing. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I don't think they got that deep with it, but okay. <laughs> They're like, we're getting all the... Get your stupid yacht out of my bay. <laughs> and, and for those of you who are wondering what Pepper's Ghost is, um, it's... It's a old optical illusion that started in turn-of-the-century theater when they would do tricks and have supernatural themes in a play, and it's basically using glass and reflections and angles of your audience to have a transparent performer to make it look like a ghost. It's old-school tech. It's brilliant. It's what they use at Disney's Haunted Mansion for the waltzing ghost scene. If you've ever been to Disneyland or Disney World, and you're basically, if when you're on the ride and you're looking into the big dining hall, um, and they use it in smaller scenes in the in the ride as well. But the big impressive illusion is in this big dining scene where everybody's dancing and waltzing and hanging from the ceiling, and what you're actually looking at is a reflection that's tricking your eye. And there's actual animatronic solid figures actually behind you at an angle reflected onto this glass in a way that makes it look like it's projected into the room. It's something you can actually do at home with some a little piece of plexiglass and like a little Lego man, a shoebox, and a flashlight if you want to play with it. Just Google Pepper's Ghost. There's tons of information if you're Halloween if you're feeling a little Mr. Wizardy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's totally. really fun. I I you know I'm a I'm a grown person sort of. <laughs> I'm fascinated by it. I think it's really fun that you can just that this old trick looks amazing and it has lots of different applications. Well, it's a, yeah, it's an old trick. Oh yeah, it's but, super but old, it's like Victorian. Victorian original but, practical effects. But guys. it still works. It looks oh yeah, good, yeah. You know? And that's one thing Scooby Doo does is. Their illusions that they hint towards and their explanation of things are kind of plausible things that can happen. Like, you know, the diver in number two, episode two, he's like got the phosphorescent, but it's like the ocean, you know, plankton kind of phosphorescent. Yeah, it's the algae. So yeah, Because yeah. there's lots of phosphorescent things that are in the ocean, and so he's just using that to his advantage to look like a, a ghost to try and trying to remember why he was trying to scare people off. Oh, he wanted revenge or something. He was a captain or something. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm going to be honest we with you. We watched so much <laughs> Scooby-Doo. And there's so, like, just quick, vague little plot points. And they're just yeah. like, they just throw it in there. Isn't, like, isn't here's that, a reason. There you go. Well, isn't that one of the one of the end episodes? It was so, like, it's one of those people they haven't set up earlier. And they're like, why would he even do that? Well, probably because of the blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. There's that was, that like, was the magician <laughs> one where right. they're like, what's he even doing here? Well, he's probably trying to scare people off. For the treasure, it's not—it's oh. not a show where kids could necessarily guess what's going to happen. I think in some episodes you could, but it's definitely not a true, 
you know, mystery where you get to play along and guess who right. the perpetrator is. And then there's usually some kind of exposition dump at the end by the local authorities. Well, blah, 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 blah. Mr. Withers when in his abandoned amusement park, you know, as everybody always <laughs> likes to say. Uh, but, yeah, it's like every episode. would have episode. gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you darn kids. <laughs> Meddling kids. We should say, we didn't hear that line in the first three episodes. No, no. but we did hear Jinkies and... I think almost every episode we watched, we had Velma with, you guys, my glasses. (laughs) You know I can't see without my glasses. Yep, classic staples. Why doesn't she carry a spare? Yeah. Or, like, get some 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 hooks. Oh, you know, a chain. Strap, oh, like a, chain. The, yeah. the, the, the librarian the chain. Yeah, yeah. So, so Velma doesn't carry a purse. She doesn't have pockets in her skirt, obviously. Oh, right. Nothing in her sweater. She's just got the uh, one pair. I don't know about that sweater, because she pulled out Shaggy's medicine uh, that's right. that she just happens to carry on her at all times, just in case. It's in a bulky sweater. It's a bulky <laughs> No, I think Velma is very trim under there, and that's just a big sweater full of all kinds of gadgets. She's just got tons of yeah, stuff. She's yeah. got it's all a shoplifting kinds of... sweater. <laughs> oh, no, she's a kleptomaniac, <laughs> and she steals medicine for Shaggy all the time. Oh no, oh, you've seen those? You've seen those like tactical vests or jackets? Oh yeah, she's like, got one of those you underneath. Fit, mm-hmm. You can fit like an iPad and a MacBook. Totally. In there, like, <laughs> Velma likes to pretend she's the uh, the wholesome intellectual of the group. But really, she's like a hard counterculturalist. Except trafficking. this was 1969, so she was like keeping a slide rule in there uh, and like uh-huh. a thesaurus. <laughs> right. She's got an abacus tucked away. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, a, a, a few key uh, issues of Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> Not all of them, no. just, you know, the ones pertaining ghosts. Volume yeah. A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Ghost ghosts. hauntings. Hauntings, buried treasure. <laughs> yeah, the relevant topics. Right. Well, so far, I mean, I think we're going to continue to watch more of the original series here and there because it's pretty entertaining. And it it's is. a nice flashback to childhood. It's and honestly, it holds up well. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it's actually just watchable. What I was yeah. Say. yeah it's, it does hold up. There's a lot of cartoons from childhood that I've revisited over the years that didn't hold up. I'm looking at you, Thundercats. Oh, which really? is sad because I loved up. Thundercats so much. I don't know, maybe I need to revisit it again. I don't know, maybe I need a special but brownie. I I it, it just, I was a little bit bored with it. and um, But not like, you know, something like Rocky and Bullwinkle is classic. Oh, is oh, I could yeah, watch yeah. any of the weird peanut specials. Well, oh, and all the peanut specials that are like from like pre eighties, the mid eighties back are all right. But the stuff that they started to do in the nineties and two thousands is kind of horrendous. But although I heard, I never saw it, but when they did the CGI peanuts one, yeah. Oh, so all the voices are going to be wrong, of course, because you can't read create a you know a 10 year old trying to read lines off of cue cards (laughs) but like uh apparently the guys when they were making it they got like access to all the bolts and things and they got all this unused material from the original i forget the guy's name that did the voice of of Snoopy? I almost call him Scooby. Oh. <laughs> the guy that did the original Snoopy, like, noises and growls oh. and stuff. Yeah. And so they had a bunch of unused sound bites from him. So they just took all these sound bites and old sound bites from other movies oh, and stuff. Cool. And they reused them. So that's the only original voice is Snoopy. Aww. Aww. <laughs> 
that relates sort of to our topic because there's only one original voice left when we move to Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Right, Fred. Yeah, Fred. That is the. Uh, That's just name? Fred's voice. Frank Welker, <laughs> who yeah. still who sounds as good in uh, 1998 as he did in 1967. I thought the guy doing Shaggy's voice in the 1998 film did mm-hmm. a fairly good job of capturing oh, yeah, Casey definitely. Kasem's voice. Well, that was, and that was a uh, Billy West. Billy West of Futurama fame. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I thought he did a really good job. I didn't really notice the difference. Well, really. but then again, Shaggy is the most like cartoony voice of all of them and so I feel like he's the easiest voice to imitate. That's true, yeah, Casey Car- Kasem had a really distinctive voice though. Right, but he had a very easily Casey Kasem kind of voice that you could but, but, everyone does a Casey Kasem. It's like sure. it's like a William Shatner. William Shatner did the voice oh, no. for Fred, then somebody could just take over for doing the voice of Fred because they would just do the Shatner voice. Right, right. But Shaggy also has like a particular vernacular. You right. Know, so, yeah. So yeah. if you say the right words, you know, if, if it's a well-written character too. Right. But Billy West does an amazing job. Oh yeah. With it. I kind of like, uh, I kind of just forgot about it. It wasn't like this jarring like that's not Casey Kasem. Right. Yeah. Recently, but I heard going from one to the other. Velma, I think, was the hardest that's switch. True. Yes. Yeah. Well, apparently, it's it's like not too long ago I heard the new. Apparently, Frank Oz doesn't do the voice of Bert anymore. Of oh, really? Ernie, uh, fame, and and it's it, it's enough that you sort of like, oh, that sounds weird. Bert sounds weird. <laughs> What's wrong with Bert? Like, did Frank Oz stop doing all the voices he used to do? I that I don't know, but it definitely when I heard that when I when I heard Bert recently, I was I was like, whoa, something's not right here. This is yeah, it's a little off, but. Huh. Um, that was weird. Yeah, good old Frank Oz. Do you want to, Andy? Do you want to give the synopsis for the Scooby Doo movie we watched? Sure. Um, so the movie we watched, I think, was mentioned earlier, is Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, and this was the first of a series of just a ton of direct-to-video Scooby Doo movies. Um, we made a pass for this one because the first time I saw this was Halloween Night in 1998. Ten-year-old me saw this on Cartoon Network, and was just in love with it immediately. Um, before this movie was made, the last series they'd made was A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, and I think that that ended in 1990 or 1991. So it had been a little while. There hadn't been any new Scooby-Doo stuff for like six or seven years. And then they dropped this off. Bringing us, it back. And they brought it back. Um, and it spawned all of, all of the modern like post-2000 Scooby-Doo series and movies are directly because Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island did so well. Um, I guess it was rated 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's pretty good. It's, it's a good movie. Yeah, it was, it's good. No, I was really surprised. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really love Scooby-Doo, the show, and I watched a lot of it, and I was just expecting something like that. Yeah, like more of the and same. And I mean, you, you talked, because I'd never seen it before tonight, and mm-hmm. you've seen it, and you talked about it before, and so like I kind of knew the gist of what was going to happen, but I didn't know the caliber of like whoever directed it you know right. yeah really really put some like thought into it and really cared about the project mm-hmm. right it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like a cash grab or a right you know, somebody oh, actually we gotta reboot this and make more money out of it you know, right like... somebody actually cared and was like let's make scooby-doo awesome yes and I, I, I did not write down who the director was, but I, I noted that the story was written by um, two people named Glenn Leopold 
and um, Davis Doy, I believe. Doy. Yes. And uh, Glenn Leopold was a writer for Doug, and oh, Davis right. Doy was a writer for Dexter's Lab. Oh. Yeah, so they yes. had they had some good talent for the story. But was it early Dexter's Lab yes. or post, um, was this Grundy? Grundy? Mm -hmm. Oh, the originator of Dexter's Lab. Uh, like Jendi Tartofsky? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jendi Tartofsky. Like, he, like, left after so many episodes, and then Dexter's Lab got weird and not yes. good. Well, and, they... and, like, the backgrounds were, like, churned into, like, old, cheap. When, like, Looney Tunes got cheap for a second, they're like, just put five colors in the background. That's oh, all yeah, we need. Yeah. People just want to see Daffy Duck and... And Bugs Bunny right. fight. They don't care what's in the background, you know? Yeah. And it just went downhill. And they got yeah. the new voice for Dexter. Yeah, the voice was wrong. Really? Yeah, I never they did. saw any of those. I love the early yeah. No, they changed the animation style, too. Yeah, the Why animation was changed. That? Because they wanted, I don't know, more and money. Well, or something. a similar thing I remember happened with uh, Ren and Stimpy. Because John Crickfalusi, who created them and did the voice of Ren, uh, he was falling behind on schedule, and so eventually, like, they kind of, like, showed him the door. Oh. And so yeah. then, so the first season is, and, and it's, you could tell the difference because the first season is really dark. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second season is more lighthearted. It's more just kind of fart jokes. And, right, uh, right. And then by that point, Billy West was doing both voices of Ren and Stimpy. Oh. But, but yeah, the tone gets lightened up a little bit once my favorite episode of that is the space madness episode that's the best that's with the, the, best the shiny red button the jelly candy like button <laughs> right. don't press the button of course i still love the cousin cousin Sven oh yeah episode. my god of speed <laughs> my dinosaur droppings <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, <laughs> So Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, the premise of the movie is that the gang is broken up for an indeterminate amount of time. Everybody's kind of gone their separate ways. Scooby and Shaggy are customs agents at an airport. <laughs> Who thought right. that was a yeah, good idea? Because uh, um, Scooby can sniff out, you know, food, food that people tried to smuggle in yes, and not yes. pay duties on. Or which is, which is un unpasteurized cheese. Just, <laughs> just shows you the time that, you know, this movie being in 1998. Yeah, pre-9-11. Like, we want to make sure you're not bringing, like, a certain imported cheese right. in America. <laughs> you can't have that it's unpasteurized like, cheese yeah, in the U.S. Yeah, more have to confiscate time. your katana. <laughs> and, um, let's see, Fred and Daphne are running a Daphne Blake doing, she, she's like a reporter? She's doing well, this. she was a reporter, now she's starting a new show called Ghost to Ghost. No, yeah. I thought it was called Coast, I thought it was no, actually, Ghost was to it Ghost. Ghost to Ghost? Yeah, it's I Ghost to Ghost. the banner said Coast to Ghost. <laughs> I mean, that was her original show. Okay. Yeah, it's Coast oh. to Ghost. And then she was Blake. changing it to Ghost to Ghost. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. she, she, she originally was doing like an Americana style show. Like right. a radio. Oh, that's yeah. right. Sure. And then she wanted to do more ghost stuff. I just thought they were making a joke about the radio program with, you know, with the late the, Art Bell. Yeah. And, now, yeah, and it, maybe, and, and indeed it might have been possibly a were. Well, it makes sense because it's yeah. a paranormal, it was yeah, going to be a right, paranormal right. investigative television show mm -hmm. and that's, you know, a paranormal discussion slash conspiracy theory radio program. So, yeah, and then we find how, so 
Fred goes around calling up all the old games. Yes, and, and Velma's, uh, Velma's running her own Velma's owns yeah. a mystery bookstore, and uh, Shaggy and Scooby just got fired from their, <laughs> from the customs, uh, their office. customs office job because they ate all the food they confiscated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently as a no-no, I mean, whatever. I, well, what, are they, what do you do with the yeah, illegal cheese? Yeah, what are you going to do with the illegal cheese but feed it to a dog and a man child? They're not ta- they're not leaving the airport with it, so it's not like it's going to ruin American I'll cheese. I'll bet it's an insurance thing. I bet it's a liability insurance So thing. they're kind of implicating <laughs> that they're now young adults, I I guess yeah they're yeah. no longer teenagers mm-hmm. they still look <laughs> the exact <laughs> same that's what I was trying to 20s ish yeah. yeah especially Velma with her freckles and yeah. like she's the only one that's really wearing the exact same clothes that she was wearing still, in, still in, hot. in the earlier show still hot well, no, Scooby's wearing, or Shaggy. Is. Shaggy, oh. I was going to say, well, Scooby always wears Scooby's wearing that same collar. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Shaggy's still well, wearing the they same. they do that really, really great when they're, they're I mean, later on. In the oh, episode, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, There's they, a scene and, where he's uh, unpacking his suitcase, and it's right. all a bunch of green yeah, shirts. Green, green shirts, shirts and brown, and brown, brown pants. pants. It's all, yeah, green shirts, brown pants, and then they cut to Fred, and Fred is like, because I wrote in capital letters, where's Fred's ascot? And later on, uh, <laughs> he's like trying he's it on, trying and it he's on. like, yeah, and he takes it back off. <laughs> there's a lot of really good nods to them. Yeah, they did yeah. really well. Like, they did. Yeah. But anyway, so it it's Daphne's birthday. Yes. That she forgot about because she's, she's so such busy. a busy career gal. That's right. Um, and so Fred has called all the old gang back together, and they're gonna join her while she tries to go find an actual haunted house in New Orleans. Yes. Nolens. Nolens. <laughs> we get a, a lovely little uh, music video montage of them kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was with, great. They solve oh, yeah. like four or five different mysteries in the Basically, course of this. In New Orleans. It, in yeah, New Orleans. It's a montage of like an entire season worth of Scooby-Doo episodes yeah. that you really want to watch. Scooby-Doo really in New Orleans would be great. Yeah, there's like a yeah. lobster man. Yeah. Yeah. I was there's like, a, oh, that's awesome. There, there's a, a ghost monster. ship captain who's really right. haunted like, like a an gambling old gambling ship. Ste- yeah. Yeah. yeah, an old steamboat. Yeah, it like it really was. There were just like, as if it was a writer's room hashing out new episodes for a new Scooby-Doo yeah. TV Which show. Which would have been so good. And the, yeah. and the opening monster, that, it was like creepy. They're in this big creepy castle. There's a big old green monster and he's slashing Oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. What's that's, going on with this one? when Daphne in the very, very opening scene is just telling them of like the old, you know, yeah. times. Like the old, she's on an Oprah-esque talk show. <laughs> right. Talking about her experiences with the mystery game. You could definitely see where like they had... They had a much bigger budget for animation. Just yeah. because there's so there's so much going on. There's so much more action involved on the screen. It looks it looks great. I guess it was um I mean Hanna Barbera obviously owns the Right. But they they partnered, I guess, with Warner Brothers animation okay. to, mm-hmm. to get some of that done. To get the real animation going. Not that right. you know, Scooby Doo is not real animation. <laughs> right. This just had the look of we put a lot more time. They didn't alter the characters, really, their looks that much, other than, like, a few little wardrobe tweaks here and there. Mm -hmm. But they look... And and the fact that everybody has whites in their eyes, because in the original (laughs) series, everyone's eyes are just drawn onto the the skin tone of each character... Except for Scooby-Doo, he's the only one that you see the whites of his eyes. And that's then, just because he's got the giant Yeah, yeah, eyes, but, and you know, so it was just funny, because immediately, <laughs> I was looking around, and I was like, oh, everybody in this 
has lights in their eyes. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> and, an uh, improvement. And iris color, too. Yeah. Fred's, Fred's got those big old baby blue eyes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's good. So in the in the course of their investigations, after a music montage, we run into uh, a, a housekeeper, like... Cook, uh, house cook housekeeper, Creole. Yeah, who uh, works at this mansion down on Moonscar Island that right. she claims is actually haunted. And, and so, so the game, they're intrigued. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so the game, of course, leaps on it and we're introduced to a cast of colorful characters well, who are. She's attractive, so of course they're. Yes. Yeah, there are yeah. other people who are intrigued for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But we well. are we are red herringed because you know there's a there's a, a boatman who's kind of suspicious, uh, a local bayou dweller who might be a ghost. Oh yeah, like yeah. Uh, what was his name again? Like uh, something snake bite. Oh. Snake bite. Snake bite. Uh, uh, Scruggs. Snake bite. Uh, oh, voice... snake bite. Okay. Snake, snake bite. Snake Scruggs. Yeah, voice by Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Uh huh. Mark Hamill, um, which like love. Like, um, he's from known... that show. Or the movie. What was the movie Mark Hamill? Oh no! Oh no! It's the the one with the lasers. Oh, laser sword. Laser sword. Laser sword with Mark Hamill. Laser blast. No, you think laser blast? Tower? No, no, that's that's the final sacrifice. The final sacrifice. Boy, but Mark Hamill, man, like, like if I hadn't, if you hadn't told me, like, I would have known. Oh, Mark Hamill's great with. By the way, take a drink. Yeah. Star Wars reference. But he's he's so good, and like, especially when you can when you compare Luke Skywalker and how he plays Luke Skywalker to then this character, Snakebite Scruggs. Oh, Mark Hamill is to the Joker, like an amazing voice actor. Yeah, he's just. I think that's, like, his forte, personally. Yeah, Definitely. oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I love Star Wars, and he's yeah, but arguably Wars... good in Star Wars. <laughs> sure, He's sure, just sort yeah. of the pretty boy at protagonist in Star Wars. Yeah, now. yeah, he's he's not the best thing in Star Wars. Um, his but his range as a voice actor yeah. is yeah. really wise. His yeah. Joker, yeah. though, I mean, his, his Joker is so, oh. like, iconic. Like, they, they should have just kind of then went and casted him for... Like the new, just, right? You know, would have been odd. Old Joker. That's true. Yeah, an older Joker. There, yeah, I could see. I that always thought that. Crispin Glover would be a yeah. really easy, but also very hard Joker because you know he's so hard to work with, from what I hear. Sure, mm -hmm. but, but like, that would have been great. But I mean, you put role, some white yeah. face makeup on him and some blue hair, and he just is the Joker. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Anyways, oh yeah, Crispin Glover, what a guy. <laughs> But um, no, oh, well, so we have, I mean, we've got that guy. We've also got the, the Cajun guy, uh, the, the, the boat captain guy. The fairy, right, the fairy the, captain. The fairy man, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, 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 the one-eyed, well, like, weird milky-eyed That's right. Guy that's played by Mark Hamill. We have Bo Scott, the gardener. Right. And yeah, the weird gardener that's yeah. just, the, like, the, always... Uh, he's angry. Angry about something. <laughs> yeah, he's always. They're always talking about things like how he's, why he's, he's digging in mm -hmm. the beds. He's digging here, and there's there's supposedly a a treasure on this island. Yeah, pirate it's treasure. Pirate treasure. It was... Scar Moonscar the pirate. Yes, supposedly buried treasure on this island, and so you know, and his ghost is haunting the island. That's right. I looked up the voice actors though for those other two characters and the the Cajun guy. What was his name? 
Oh, Jacques. Like, was it Jacques? Jacques, Jacques yeah. the Boatman. That's Jim Cummings, who, if you're not familiar, he was the voice of Dr. Robotnik in the first Sonic the Hedgehog hmm. cartoon series. Before Long John Baldry took over. But he's... Never watched the Sonic oh, the Hedgehog you, stuff. It's yeah. pretty... Like, I never did either, but, like, it's it's pretty, like... It's pretty entertaining. Robotic's such, like, a great, like, crazy character. And then, uh, the actor playing, uh... What's the gardener's name? Bo. Bo, that's right. Is Cameron Clark, who was also the voice of Leonardo and Rocksteady from the Ninja Turtles cartoons. Huh. He was the voice of Deflator Mouse from... Oh, God. Uh, oh, the tick. the tick cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I was, was so mad when... Tick the show came out, and I love Tick oh, the that's show, right. but they changed the characters around, and it was no longer American made, it was Lady Liberty. That's yeah. right. It was no yeah. longer Deflator Mouse, it was Batman Well. That's right, Batman Well, that's right. But like, I love Deflator Mouse Deflator because so Deflator weird. Mouse sounds so fun, but it's literally just German for Bat. The Bat. <laughs> right, yeah. For it's not even the, the, the Bat, it's just Bat. But he's also well, Deflator I mean, Mouse is the bat. The bat. The bat. Yeah. Okay. This guy still. I mean, uh, uh, Cameron Clark still gets like work. I was looking at like his his, uh, not his discography, but like you know his filmography. filmography. Filmography, exactly. Right. And uh, you know he was the voice of Liquid Snake in the Metal Gear. Solid really? Games. Yeah. Oh my. And also, what do I have here? Well, that's oh. the great thing about like voice actor. If you're a good voice actor, yeah. you've got work for life. Because yeah. they don't pay like, very that's well. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not paying as well, but like you constantly have work. Yeah. If you're good at it. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where Hollywood, they're ageist. They really are. Yeah. But if you're not on the camera, That's they true. don't care. Right? That's right. Like, well, and, and obviously, like, you know, some voice actors have their own followings with, with gamers, especially. Oh, yeah. You know, Steve Bloom. Steve Bloom has a huge person. Oh, that's following. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so I thought that was really interesting to see, like, all, all this work that this guy had done. And, and it's a very... Di once you once you hear him in this movie, then you're like, oh, it's totally Leonardo. <laughs> so, yeah. that's cool. So, yeah, they are now on the island, and the island's covered in cats, mm. which bad sign. Scooby calls rats. Yes. But when yeah. he sees rats, he also says they're rats. And yes. later on, when they're in a cave and there's some bats, he says, oh, no, rats! <laughs> <laughs> so rats and rats and rats are all over this island. Oh, I kept thinking that was going to pay off. I wanted to point out really quick when you mentioned the cats. I really enjoyed the way the cats were animated. Mm -hmm. I liked the way they were moved. Right. The way they moved was pretty realistic, and the way they would kind of hang out together. And then they had scenes with the cats laughing at Scooby Doo in a cat <laughs> sort of way. It was great. So like the scenes with the with the little cats running around the island were pretty entertaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cats all over the island, so Scooby was chasing them, which we find a payoff for the cats on the island later. It's not just because she's a crazy cat lady. Right. But anyway, so this woman, um, Simone. Yes. Simone voiced something, by... voiced by Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. Which I was really excited <laughs> which, which... when I read that she did a voice, a voice for this movie because we're big Adrian Barbeau fans here at this household because, you know... She's in so many amazing things. I only ever know her from Creep Show. Oh, she's, she's so good. She's so good in Creep Show. Yeah, she's so good. But you know what? She's top. also the voice of Catwoman in uh, the Batman animated series. Yeah, she's really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I mean, I just found that out tonight. It was like, you're, you're kidding me. So 
Well, uh, one of my favorite roles for her is um, in The Fog. Yeah. She plays Stevie Wayne, and she's... Oh, you know, how could I forget? That's... Right. I love that movie, and I love her voice in it, and it's just... It's a, a great movie just in general, and then... Um, I really enjoyed her character on the show Carnival, and she was oh, in the original wait. Swamp Thing. Mm. Which, oh, God, that yeah, was directed by Wes Craven, wasn't that? Um, yeah, the original. Yeah. And then number two, which I actually like more, uh, you mean was, Jim was a Jim Wynorski film. With, with, that was uh, a, that was a Cooley, high class. Right? Um, no. Was it? No, it was... It um, was um, Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear, Locklear that's yeah. right. Actually, I like the second one more. Yeah, yeah. And then when we one that we got a kick out of that we watched a few years ago, an Adrian Barbo movie that also has uh, Bill uh, Bill Maher in it. Uh, it's the Oh Amazon it's Women Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle oh, of Death. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, good one. That's a great movie. It is. <laughs> it's a good time. Well, and she's also in uh, Escape from New York. Oh yeah. Or John Camp or John, John uh, Carpenter. Carpenter fans. Yeah, she's she's delightful. Cannibal Women is a great movie when you're 12 and you have Cinemax. You're just <laughs> discovering girls. It has no. that feel. It has that feel. Yeah. Great movie. It's something, uh, it's something that would have been perfect um, for USA Up All Night, but yes. they would have had oh, yeah. to edit it. That's It's a good time, though. If I ever had some opportunity to interview... Bill Maher, or if for some reason I was put on the Bill Maher show, I would just watch that movie five times in a row before and just repeatedly ask him questions about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that scene when you're on the boat and you fall in the... So, did, was there... <laughs> so, how bad did you want to pretend you were Indiana Jones in this right. movie, like, Bill Maher? Not a single political question, nothing. Right, no, no, no. no. I don't want to talk politics, Bill yeah, Maher. Yeah. You do that all the time. Yeah. I want to talk about the scene when you were shooting that guy in the bar. <laughs> anyway, back to Adrian Barbeau in this movie. Mm-hmm. She does some stellar voice acting, I thought. Yeah. No, the whole cast in general. Yeah, like the, the, the change from the original Velma to the new Velma was a little bit jarring, but I still think the new Velma did a good job. Oh, I yeah. also felt that job. way about Daphne's voice, just a tad Right. Too. She and... was a little bit off, but not like to where it was super noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, um, I should just say the um, voice of Daphne was Mary Kay Bergman. I think that's Bergman. I can't really read my writing here. But uh, she was probably most known for being the early voice of a bunch of South Park characters, including Sheila Broflowski, oh, uh, oh. Sher- Shelley Marsh, and Sharon Marsh. So, but like basically all the major women characters. You're right. right. Um, and B.J. Ward did the voice of Velma in Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. And she'd been doing kind of Velma voice work on and off right. since around the mid-80s, maybe early 90s. Um, I think most recently, before Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, there was a Scooby-Doo Johnny Bravo crossover where she was Velma. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I kind of remember that. A mm-hmm. little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, I like her voice a lot. It's just, it, it is a little different than it is, the first it's one. It's different than the other Velma, but like... Velma's voice was never necessarily like a real distinct voice mm-hmm. to where like you you had it down in your mind really. Well, and we just watched three episodes right. with the original <laughs> had, well, yeah. voice. Had it yeah. not been yeah. that we just yeah. watched the original voice, we wouldn't probably I probably wouldn't have. Heard if it. you yeah. if you were going to check this out for the first time or for the first time in 20 years or put this on to watch with your kids, um 
it's a little darker than than the regular cartoon. Oh, so just yeah. be warned. Uh, but I don't think you would notice it's not going to detract from your enjoyment of no, watching this if you're a Scooby-Doo fan. The, 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 the talent on display is just stellar all around. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think there's a bad role in this. No. Right, no, it's exactly it. No one is phoning it in. Like, the only totally engaged in it. time yeah. I was a little bit lost was um, Mark Hamill's role, even though well, well done, mm -hmm. was kind of written a little odd. Like it was oh, just yeah, like, like, why was he, he was there, like a red really? herring he was just the, to yeah. be a red, red herring. He just was. Yeah. But like yeah. there was multiple other red herrings, so there was no real point to have him other mm. than to have just a third random red herring. I wanted herring. to see more of him. And then they had that Well he, he, he had came a trained in as a... pig. Yeah. <laughs> and his like hunting pig. Everything in the show was kind of more realistic than Scooby Doo episodes from the back in the day. Yeah. Except for this like hunting pig that <laughs> sniffed out fish in the water and i was just like what is going on yeah, with how... this pig and why did they need to have it in this cartoon mm -hmm. it's a pointless part of the cartoon maybe so it's kind of like his uh his attack dog or something yeah because they're yeah. trying to catch this elusive catfish that's supposed to be the biggest catfish in the area or maybe and in it's, the bayou. it's a regular size catfish yeah, it's like maybe 18 inches yeah. it's not that but big. how is a pig helping it's not it's, it's not an aquatic pig no right it's like a wild boar too that's right yeah. Yeah, like a pig Fisher pig. pig yeah <laughs> it was very weird and also <laughs> the Fisher it pig. just kind of seemed like they made like a Williams, yeah. creepy, angry version of Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, and right. put him on a boat and had him in New Orleans. You think yeah, maybe they just reason. by chance happened to have Mark Hamill? Like he was in the building for the day. Oh, we gotta yeah. get Mark Hamill. Well, probably, Mark probably it was like they had Adrian Barbeau, and she was like, "Well, I, I was just having lunch with Mark. Right? Do yeah, you, Mark. Do you want him to do yeah, like a character? Yeah. Like, yeah, let's write a character real quick for Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea." <laughs> He'll have like one eye, and he'll have a, an attack pig, and he'll be fishing for a giant catfish. How big is a catfish? I don't know. I don't fish big, like this no. big, like like a foot long. That's a big fish. His character is around a lot, but he doesn't seem to be aware of any of the goings on on no. the island. Right, that he's just concerned about this giant. Two foot or one foot you long catfish. I've got a feeling, and he hates tourists because they, right. they scare off his cat. That's right. I've got try. a feeling there may have been an extra scene or something like that. Oh, he, he may have, have done something out. else. Yeah. 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 It's possible. Yeah, maybe. You need to see the deleted. Yeah, scene. where's where's the director's <laughs> cut? Yeah, totally. Maybe they gave him the hunting pig as a bribe to keep quiet about. Oh, that's true. Maybe he's in on everything. All right, so because oh. a, a hunting pig is way better than a hunting dog. Let's so... let's start getting into the shenanigans. Okay, because you know, because the the first half of this movie is sort of like, oh, it's totally a normal mystery. It's right. just some guy. And Spooky so island they, in the bayou. They yeah. follow this. Kind of almost gypsy like uh, Creole woman that's the the cook for this mansion back to the island, mm -hmm. and then she introduces um hijinks ensue when Scooby meets some cats. It's all hilarity. 
Um, anyways, so they're like having dinner, and oh yeah, there's hot peppers. Oh yeah, hot peppers. Just keep showing up over and over again. They grow on the island. They grow on the island. Which is explained later. No, there's a bunch, like all the things that Scooby-Doo the TV show (laughs) would have like been like, oh, it'll be hilarious if we add this. Yeah. They were like, added it, but then actually explained why they added it. Yes, they did. They gave reason for the weird, quirky things. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's a good running so they don't leave yeah. any loose ends. It they're, all makes sense in a weird way. They're in this kitchen, and all of a sudden there's a cold breeze, and scrawling into the wall is, get out, you know? Yeah. And um, Only Scooby and Shaggy witness this. Right, and so then they come back, and they bring the camera, and they start, you know, interviewing, because, like, oh, this might actually be a real haunting. Mm-hmm. And then while they're doing it, the wind blows again all cold, and Daphne's mad. Who opened a window during my shoot? She's a little bit controlling <laughs> in her, like, her she's, filming. She's a professional she's a very professional, news yeah. personality, yeah, television personality. And, also. like, as she's yelling, all of a sudden, below it, it says, beware. beware. Yeah. And so then they're re-watching it, and they're... Enhance. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, I can darken it a little and I can zoom in over here. On and they, the and they, camera itself, on the they're camera able itself. to do that. Apparently. Oh, you know, you can. Yeah, nice yeah no, on, cam- on really good cameras, you can kind you of can do, do a, a okay. light bit of editing on the mm. camera. Yeah, my camera can do that. Okay. Anyway, so. On a 1998 camera. Oh, yeah. It was a professional. Okay. It was a professional. Okay. Yeah. So he's like, they're it's re- a cartoon! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Whoa. Hey, Chris. Shots fired. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they're re watching. I'm just I'm I'm looking at the audio the file sh- right now. It just exploded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm way more willing People's to, to accept blown out. The, all the plot holes in the early series because it's just, you know, fun and kind of thrown together to be entertaining. Right, but this is so but real. But this was so detailed that, that I was like, okay, if you're you going to go all the way. Right, right. No, but that is a real thing that can happen. So okay. they're watching it over again, and they enhance it, and now they can see there's a pirate ghost. Yeah! Like, literally, <laughs> pirate ghost! <laughs> literally scratching it in with his sword yep. as she's talking. And it's like, oh, well, Pepper's ghost projection. And so Velma later is trying to figure out how they did it. Because, you know, that's Velma's thing. She's like, well, maybe they had a wire. And she's scratching away. And then she scratches all the paint off the entire (laughs) wall. Which doesn't make the homeowner very happy. Well, and this is after Scooby-Doo has destroyed all of the landscaping that the gardener oh, was working right. on. Yes. When they first and also there. broken a bunch of uh, dishes in the kitchen. Yes. And just generally wrecking he's always, the place He's out. always at odds with the cats. He always... well, so at least in, they're they throwing back to that original yeah. uh, Scooby-Doo oh, where constantly they trashing everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> but they... And they weren't even invited, really. They were invited by the woman who works there, but the woman who actually owns right. the property. Well, and they were told they could only stay if the dog kept itself well-behaved. Yeah. Which he does not. Not even a little bit. <laughs> and, like, every time they apologize, we're like, no, it won't happen again, I promise. <laughs> oh, Five minutes later, crash. 
So yeah, so now we we see the pirate ghost and we're trying to figure out how that's explained. She scratches off the wall and it turns out that parts of the house was built out of the old pirate ship. Yeah. And so obviously there's treasure under this place. Gotta be. That's, you know, what we're led to believe at this point. At least that's what I believe. Mm -hmm. That, like, the house was on top of the treasure. There's some kind of secret passage or something. Yeah, and then from there, they just go and have dinner. Yep, and then, but before dinner, Shaggy noticed a ghost in his mirror. Oh, yeah. Like an, a Confederate about... soldier appears that's to him. Right. In well, that's right. That's yeah. right. During, while he's trying on which green shirt he should wear. Yeah, for his dinner wear. Fancy dinner oh, wear. and he also, he's, uh, what does he say? Like, he's, uh, he's really let himself go. Or so he's, he's got to trim. Oh, yeah, he's got to trim, one. trim his he's hair. So he snips <laughs> off, like, one hair <laughs> off his chin. <laughs> Which, that was when I realized, at some point, I don't know where between Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, to this movie, that uh -huh. Shaggy went from having an actual goatee... His flesh tone ...to goatee. having, like, a scraggle. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe, uh, like, somebody who was drawing it, just because his original goatee was never drawn in with color, just thought that it was his chin with, like, a few mm -hmm. little wispy things, but, like... If you look at the outline of the original Shaggy drawing, it's totally a goatee like outline. Yeah, yeah. Because like he's, he's a Maynard. He's got a Maynard G. Krabs goatee. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after he sees a ghost in his mirror and then they're starting to have dinner, Shaggy and Scooby get kicked out of the dining room. And then kicked out of the kitchen. Yeah, kicked out of the dining room because the dog can't eat in there. And then they get kicked out of the kitchen because they're fighting with cats because the cats eat in the kitchen. So now they're eating in the van. Yep. And, but then the Down cats, by the river. Right. The cats <laughs> come and they're just eating crawfish. And the cats come watch them. And the cats are watching them eat. I and they don't them. like the way the cats are looking at them. So they drive off to the edge of the property. At the... night, in a bayou. Right. In, in unfamiliar right. territory. Right, just With drive. Like 15 cats on the top of the Oh road. yeah, they're swerving around, yeah. ruining <laughs> more landscaping, <laughs> swerving back and forth, trying to murder Shaking. cats. Shaking cats left and right. Oh god, that are on top of the roof of the van. So then they finally find a peaceful place by the water to eat. And then, uh... Is it? Oh, they eat the... They eat the peppers. They eat more of these peppers. <laughs> they just can't stop showing up because they need these super spicy peppers, but they're so hot, flames come out of their ears, and they stick their heads down oh, in the bayou in the bog water, water. to, yeah. like, cool Ooh. themselves off. They're drinking bog water. Drinking tepid, salty bog water. Mm. And while they're doing that, um, that's when the first... Zombie comes out of yeah. the water. That's right. Yeah, Dude, we see some. Well, I was trying to remember if that's the first zombie the or is the pirate when they fall in the hole. How do they get in the hole? Well, no, they're, they're running from the zombie in the thing and they fall in the hole. Right. Oh, wait, no, it's the pig? The pig chases them into the pit at some point. Yeah. Well, because I remember, yeah, they're they're looking in the they're looking in the water, and then there's the, the the sort of weird bolt of lightning kind of right that, that then goes that into the water them. and pulls them out. Yeah, right, and then they run from a pig, and somehow they end up in a pit. Yeah, that that that, that, that the garden not explained. No, no, the gardener says he was digging that pit to plant, but it's like six feet deep, and Velma's like, "You were digging for plants." Oh, <laughs> yeah, right, and and it wasn't. 
it was it was deeper than six feet because they had to stand on each other's shoulders yeah. to try and so like get maybe out. Maybe nine feet deep. Yeah. And so then another weird lightning thing comes down and reanimates a skeleton, and then the skeleton slowly regains all of its. It's kind of horrifying. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty gruesome stuff. It starts like gaining flesh back on. Yeah. And becomes the the crescent moon pirate moon scar the moon pirate. Scar right. the pirate. And so yeah, like that's when you're like looking at that and you're like, okay. This isn't Pepper's ghost. No, this, this is... isn't. This isn't a sheet and a and a you right. know, oscillating fan. Well, this. So <laughs> some kind, some kind right. of voodoo zombie going we're on down so here. We're so used to. I mean, when we when you watch the old Scooby Doo, you're so used to like. After a while, you're like, okay, this is a special effect. This is a guy in a mask. This is you know he's doing this illusion. Right. Here. Yeah. But, but this one, I think even Fred kind of has some. Oh yeah, and, and well, because there's that like, great scene later. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, great. So yeah, so, so they. Like, oh, it's this, it's that, it's this, right. It's this. But, Fred uh, throughout the whole thing is trying to explain, and so is Velma. You know, yeah, why and, and it's, Scooby it's and Shaggy are the only people witnessing this stuff so far. Right, and they're always, even when it is a guy in a mask, are always the ones who are like, "It's a ghost." Yeah, yeah this one's definitely a ghost. <laughs> it really plays with your uh, your expectations, right? Yeah. So, so you start to say like, "Wait a minute." Something's not right. So there goes screaming out into the woods, and that's when everyone hears them, right? And then they go looking for them. No, they they, they run into the gardener who tells everyone else that oh. your crazy friends are out in the bayou screaming about zombies. Oh, right. Yeah. So didn't... now everyone's out in the bayou. Yeah. Trampsing around, and zombies just start coming out of everywhere. Yeah, it's after dark now, and <laughs> zombies just coming and out of the like, woodwork. It's it's a plethora of zombies. We've got. <laughs> Pirate zombies, we've got Civil War Southerner zombies, yep. we've got tourist zombies. tourists the in, tourist zombies in so uh, Aloha shirts with yep. camera zombies. There's a couple of uh, mobster-looking zombies. There's yeah, some That's mobster right. zombies. Yeah. Yeah, dark There's just like and... some, some women in fancy dress zombies. Yep. And uh, so they're just like starting to come out of the woodworks and still Scoob and Shaggy are the only ones that have seen them. Yeah, but then they they appear and attack Daphne and Fred. Well, they didn't attack him. That one was just like laying around. Because remember, he oh, like no, wasn't he, he, he comes out of the bush. He puts his hand on her shoulder right. and she judos him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because she can like do kung fu. Yeah. Because <laughs> kung fu. Because she can take care of herself, Fred. Right, exactly. She yeah. makes that comment because she tapped into the Matrix. And yeah. She knows Kung Fu. And then she, she Kung Fu's Shaggy out, too. Right. Apparently, yeah, they're all mixed up in the bushes. And so then Fred, of course, says, oh, you know, of course, there we, we caught him. Take his mask off. He's the guy in the mask. And Daphne's trying to take his mask off. And she says, no, if this is a mask, it's a really good mask. It's... And Fred says, <laughs> it's a really scary oh. looking zombie. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll get it off. And he starts <laughs> <laughs> working it. Working it and clawing. And he's... <laughs> All of a sudden, the head just pops off. <laughs> Great scene. Hands it back to the zombie. Yep, the zombie picks his head up. Yep, puts it back on. Yeah. Good stuff. And now, of course, everyone knows the zombies yeah. are real. They're definitely real zombies at that point. Yep. Then we get a musical montage. Which is oh yeah, yeah just yeah. running around from running running around from zombies. Oh, that's right. And yeah. then which which leads us directly into the final act of the movie, right there. We get we get zombies. Everybody sees their zombies and stuff. And then we fall into a pit, and it's 
it's kind of where the movie goes off the rails a little bit in, yeah. ter- in terms of plot and explanation. One is a really good music montage. It was like '80s hair metal. It's kind of Iron Maiden-y. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah, um, singing about running from zombies and how scary they are. Yeah, because <laughs> they are. Yeah, no. When we were watching this, I was I was thinking if I'd seen this as a young kid, it would have really bothered me because you're not a zombie fan. Well. What, I saw the original Night of the Living Dead on television as probably like a six or seven year old. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I was really concerned about the dead becoming reanimated. And so, yeah. and I remember watching the, you know, any anytime that there'd be skeletons <coughs> or skulls in like the Indiana Jones movies or Poltergeist, you know, I'd get really concerned or creeped out. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, I was a senior in high school when this came out, but this would have creeped me out to no end had I been, you know, your age, Andy. Yeah, yeah. When I watched it, I would have been like, no, thank you. I would have been slightly okay. towards kids. Yeah. Well, I would have been slightly okay with it because of it being animated, but I probably would have had zombie nightmares. Hmm. That's rough. So, yeah. They are, yeah, they're really, like, scary. Yeah, they're they're, they're rubbery, fleshy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, stretch tendons, you know, like... Oh, and, like, some realism in that. Yeah. Yeah. They're drawn. And they, but they, they aren't violent. They just chase a lot right. of time. In the movie. Well, in fact, they're very polite zombies because yeah. there's at one point when there's one behind Shaggy, it taps him on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> like, pardon me, sir. Don't mean to bother you. Which was like before I even knew the ending of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was really weird and like, oh, it's a polite zombie. Yeah, he doesn't want to scare you. He just wants to let you know that he's here and he's a zombie. <laughs> he's and, a zombie. And he wants you to be okay with that. Yes. Okay? Um, you don't need to be prejudiced against zombies. They're not trying zombies. to take a bite or anything. Right. No, no. They're just, yeah. they're just these, trying, are, these are not George Romero zombies. They're just trying to, like, hang out. Yeah. That's all. They just want to, you know, be part of the action. Yeah. So at the after the zombie chase montage, our Scooby and Shaggy fall into a cave where they discover wax dolls. Little, oh, yeah. little wax, wax dolls that look like their friends. Yeah, so wax they, dolls that look like. Ob- obviously, when you're in Louisiana mm-hmm. and you find a wax doll that looks like your friend yep, and yep. may happen to have parts of their clothing, their clothing garment, or hair, you know, <laughs> you know, stuck to them, the first thing you do is you just start playing with them. Yeah. And you start doing judo chops and stuff, because that's what you do. Yes, absolutely. And so that's what Scooby and Shaggy do, and le- they begin levitating on the island. Their yeah. friends are levitating and punching each other in the face. Yes, for, for a wonderful comedic effect. Yeah. During that part, I was thinking, how are the limbs not coming off? Because wax, unless it's really soft, isn't that pliable. They explain it later, it's magic it's wax. It's magic wax. Yeah, yeah. That, that still... I the magic... magic wax... <laughs> The magic wax meant that it had properties to to uh, attack the person that the doll represents. Well, that as well, but I mean... Yeah. But it's also very pliable. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's more it's like magic, magic clay, you know? Sure, clay. but even in the Witches of Eastwick, when they make the, uh, the wax doll... <laughs> spoilers for Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> but see, um, Witches of Eastwick were making wax dolls and then putting intent into them. Yeah. This yeah. was just magic wax. Yeah, that's true. So you just need a piece of clothing. Right, because yeah. later on... Daphne and Velma are also able to use the magic wax to make voodoo dolls 
of the bad people. Of the bad people. I, I'm not a puppet expert, but I'm pretty sure that's not how sympathetic magic Be- works. Because... Well, you I'm, don't worship I'm a cat god, almost Allison. 100% sure that <laughs> not Daphne <today>. and Velma <laughs> are not um, expert voodoo priestess. Yeah. So, magic wax. Magic wax. Magic wax. So anyways, magic wax, and... That was probably another really long scene that explained yes. it. Oh, like, um, yeah. No, we don't have time. Just long, magic boring wax. scene. But they, um, Shaggy and Scooby get scared out of the cave by bats. Right. They run away. You mean by rats! Rats! Rats for Rats. Actual rats. Actual rats for Everywhere. And, um... The rest of the gang gets called back to the mansion by the cook lady. Um, oh, yeah, because the housekeeper. She's screaming. She's screaming and they gotta go save her because she's a damsel in distress. Yes, yes. So they, they find her in a secret passage under the staircase, mm-hmm. which, oh my goodness, was used by soldiers or something during the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They quickly. Yeah, run, yeah, they like, go over that. Blazed over um, why there's a staircase in the middle. Yes, and also where Adrian Barbeau has gone. She has disappeared as well. Simone. Yes, Simone. Simone. <laughs> Simone has been dragged off to which Velma says, dragged? Hmm. Because there's footprints there's just no walking down, yeah. no drag marks. Um, and so she's starting to get suspicious. And they, they are then lured into the uh, lair where the magic dolls are, the magic wax dolls. Mm-hmm. And it is here revealed that <laughs> That Simone and what's her name, Leah, Alina, Alina, Lena, um, are two hundred year old worshippers of, of a, a cat of god. a cat god who happened to settle in Louisiana in it, <laughs> in a community of cat worshipping right. pilgrims at some point. The story really takes a weird turn. Yeah, yeah super it, weird turn. It, it, it is it's like the, they wrote the whole movie and they're like how does it end if the zombies aren't killing them yeah and they're like oh well maybe the lady's a cat worshiping well, deity no, it, it, it really made me think like if this had been made in a less sensitive period of time it would have been voodoo straight up this would right. have all been voodoo right um but it wasn't, so I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's like, it's kind of, you're grasping so, a little yeah, bit. yeah, they're Creole, Creole, uh, cat-worshipping, cat-worshipping pilgrims on an island, which obviously they had to move to an island because they were being repressed for their yeah, cat-god-bloody they, they, they cat had to have been ways. persecuted. Um, and, you know, persecuted so quickly that no one ever even heard of cat worshippers. Right? Yeah. And they so been to Egypt. they're just, you know, minding their own business, worshipping cats. Yep. And then suddenly Moonscar the pirate lands there and forces the entire oh, community, oh. except for Lena and Simone, into the bogs where they are immediately devoured by crocodiles. <laughs> the crocodiles. Or and, alligators. And they don't show it graphically, but they show it enough to imply their fate. And I kind of took a minute and thought, wow. It's gruesome. That's yeah. upsetting. It's rough. Those pirates are, those aren't good pirates. Those are the bad pirates. Well, they're pirates. Well, yeah. They're the real yeah. pirates. They're yeah. not the Disney pirates. They're not the Disney pirates. This is they're a Jack Sparrow pirates. here. They're real uh, syphilis carrying, <laughs> scurvy uh, having, scurvy covered. Yep. You know, Wait, haven't haven't washed <laughs> washed in years. Yep. But they come there to, to hide from the law. Yeah. And uh, so Simone and Lena run to their cat idol and, and curse the pirates. Right. And the cat idol imbues them with power. Basically, turns them into were cats. Right. So they curse the pirates to give them power to kill them, but the power to kill them. 
is in the form of them being churned into werecats yes. that now have to suck the essence out of living beings every harvest, harvest moon. moon. Yes. Actually, there's a Stephen King movie that has a, yes, has <laughs> a kind of a similar plot. That's right. No. Yeah. For a weird time, oh, watch me. Sleepwalkers. Okay. It has the gorgeous uh, actress Madsen Amick, I'm probably butchering her name, from oh. Twin Peaks, Shelley. Okay. Is it James oh, Spader in that okay. too? The, is it James Spader in that? No, no. Does it have any kind of weird um, kinky sex stuff in it? Probably. I don't remember, I don't remember <laughs> the names. it does, James Spader's in it. Right. The, yeah, other, the other main characters in it, or the other main actors in it are lesser known, I believe. Hmm. But I remember I saw it on TV once, and, um, and I just always loved that actress's really curly hair and just her face, and I was like, oh, it's her. Like, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, Shelly's a fun and character. That's a weird it's, time. Yeah. It's weird kind time of like had a, by all. It's and like, there's a lot of cats in it. Yeah. It's kind of like the was like cat people. Mm-hmm. I think... God, was it... I think maybe they did a How Did This Get Made episode about sleepwalkers. Oh, I think you're right. I'm trying to remember. Because I think I remember hearing some behind-the-scenes stories about like the cat wranglers and some of the weirdness... That went on, and I don't think we're fully to the animal rights level that we are now oh. in this country. And then they, they didn't kill any cats, but they definitely had. I think there might have been some cat tossing. I'm not <laughs> oh, sure. No, I, I'm, I'm remembering this very vaguely, but there's just a lot of scenes where they have a lot of cats. Mm-hmm. All. That sounds that sounds eerily similar to house. the end of this movie. Yeah, no, actually, it's very much. So. I kind of wonder if one of the writers of this, because that came out before this, yeah. if they, and also I think it was based on a short story. I don't know if it was a full fledged. I think it was a short story. Yeah, I think it was one of his short stories. My Stephen it's King knowledge is kind of lacking. A lot of times, the short story movies are the ones that are good. Yeah. This was not. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're talking about the lawnmower. Man. There's a lot of there's a lot of ew. I'm not gonna spoil the sleepwalkers for you, but there's there's a lot of ew that happens in it. Oh, like, oh. They they build it as Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man, but the movie has nothing to do with the short story. Not none whatsoever. And he sued to have his name taken off of it. Oh, the Lawnmower Man's a great movie, though. <laughs> there is a I man in a lawnmower. I watched it the literally the other day. <laughs> said yeah. there's a man in a lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. It, and that's about, I think, as far as it goes. <laughs> so, Scooby-Doo. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, they've now just explained the whole plot of why the zombies are there. Yes, and the zombies... Scooby and Shaggy are still off someplace else. And they didn't make magic wax dolls of Scooby and Shaggy because they're cowards. And they're like... Well, because they're idiots. They're 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 bumbling idiots. We don't need to control them. Maybe cats are bad at sculpting dogs. Oh, (laughs) that could be. But how does that explain Shaggy? Bumbling idiots. <laughs> Bumbling idiots. So yeah, they used the wax dolls. They tied the wax dolls up so that, you know, they can't move. And they're gonna suck the essence out of their soul at yep. midnight during the harvest moon. And they've got this cool cat face sundial. Yeah, the cat moon dial. Or moon dial. Yeah, that's it's great. Moon dial, which <laughs> makes me really want to try and make a moon dial now. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think we have too much shade. Yeah, well, yeah. you can put it right. Anyways, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, so they did their explanation of the weird origin story, 
And then they're gonna, you know, they tell them they're gonna suck their souls out. Yeah, and, and it turns out the zombies are trying to warn them right, and scare them off. But like a, Shaggy and Scooby have not been informed that the zombies no, just, aren't there just to hurt running. them. So they're still just running around in circles on the island, and eventually they get ran. Oh, because they run... <laughs> They're about the to. They're gonna leave all their friends behind <laughs> oh, to die, yes. and they're just gonna run onto the ferry and ask the ferryman to take them off this island. Yeah. I don't give a crap about my friends back there. Yeah. Leave them to the zombies. Just get us off this island. And then it turns out the ferryman is also a were cat. Oh, he's a were cat. He's a big were cat. Yeah. But then the zombies, zombies come in and they just pile on the were cat. He chases Scooby and Shaggy around a little bit, but the zombies right. catch up to him. And they just, and they, 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 but Scooby and Shaggy don't know that. They don't know that. <laughs> They're just still running from zombies and now a werecat. And now werecats. They're having a real bad night. Yeah, and well, so they get chased into the cave under the house mm -hmm. where the moon dial is so that they can also get their souls sucked out. Yes. And they, there's some, actually some really good body horror, like, like just, just a brief second. Oh, yeah. Them, where they, they there's knock two, the wax. two body horrors. Yeah, they, they knock the wax dolls next to, uh. <gasps> The torch, a torch that's burning, and and everyone who has a wax doll made of them begins to melt. Yeah, and, their faces and, it's, and it's a little dripping. horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then later, after Velma is able to like use her feet to get her doll and like untie, and she unties all the other dolls. Um, the two werecats right at the right hour start to suck Shaggy and Scooby's souls out for a second, and you see them start to shrivel down. Yeah, shrivel at age. Oh, yeah. It's good. So, yeah, it's it's kind of, like, it, it'd be scary for little kids, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and then, and then... The, it was intense. Yeah, then the hour passes, midnight passes, and the cats, like, scream and disintegrate and turn into bone dust. Right, and then all the zombies turn into bone dust, and then their souls ascend. Yes. Because now that they can rest in peace... They don't have to haunt anymore. Well, it's, like, really impressive... Uh, animation oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's it very fluid the well, whole yeah. movie yeah. was really well animated yeah. that, the whole part well there's that part too where they're they're cat people mm -hmm. and then they become even more cat people like you know, yeah they have like two stages bigger. of transformation yeah, yeah right yeah. they're just like wear cat light and wear cat extreme yes. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they kind of look like road <coughs> cast members from the musical cats for the mm -hmm. first part and then yeah. they turn into full wear animals with right like they go full on rick baker and, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, and we should say the gardener is tied up with them as well. He's not oh, yeah. in on any of this. He's he is also a victim. Well, one one thing I forgot we forgot to talk about. So throughout the whole thing, there's a plot of kind of that same old uh, Fred and Daphne. What's their relationship yeah. going on? And then like Fred kind of has the hots for the cook. Uh, Lena? Lena. Lena. Lena, and then, like, Daphne gets the hots for the gardener, and yeah, they're both, like, square jaw blaming, blaming the other one's little, like, you know, weekend crush on who's really doing it, and, but, like, super jealous, but neither one of them is committed to each other in yeah. any way, really. <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> then in the end, when the gardener turns out he's not the one that did it, and after they blamed him like three times and Velma like really blamed him. Yeah, she him. gets in his face. Yeah, she's, Good. she's hardcore blaming him. 
And then they're, after they all, everyone's safe and good, they're like, oh, but the authorities will never believe it, because, oh yeah, they lo lose their camera in quicksand. Yeah, their, their video camera, yeah. which has all of the zombie stuff on right. it. Right. And, and, like, and the pirate ghost. And the pirate ghost, all kinds Everything. of proof of all this stuff is down inside a quicksand yeah, tomb. Yeah, Fred's a good cameraman, too. It's not shaky cam. It is, yeah. it is spot on. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, that's all gone. They're like, oh, how the... Turns out Gardner undercover cop whole time. Whole time. He was investigating all the disappearances. The cops were onto it. To he which, was digging holes in the yard looking for evidence. Yep. To well, which, you know, he says, oh, but I don't think my higher-ups would believe me either. Oh. And he's like, but, you know, it would make a good detective novel I've been thinking of writing. <laughs> which Velma says, oh, you write detective novels? I own a uh, mystery novel store. Oh. And they have, like, a little connection. They do. They have a little Like, moment. there's a little it's wink cute. and a nod where I'm pretty sure Velma and Bo are going home together. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh -huh. I think so. And that's, and that's Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Well, there is, at the very end, more hot peppers, and then they. Oh, yeah, no, the hot peppers come back. They right, and Scooby peppers. has to, like, jump onto the boat, and then the. What's his snake bite? A snake, snake bite. bite. Snake bite's character comes back, to which, like, at that point was when I realized wait, this is a pointless character. Because yeah, I was right. like. I completely forgot he was even around. If you guys didn't throw well, like, him, I thought he was gonna come in and save the day at the end. I thought right? He was, yeah. yeah. But no, he just is still out there fishing and almost caught this giant two foot long catfish, <laughs> which is really actually small for a catfish. Teeny catfish, yeah. If you don't know anything about catfish, Google giant catfish, and they're like huge. Like, the size of four grown men, yeah. huge. Um, Which would have made for much more fun animation, but I guess that would be easier to catch. Yeah. So big. One, of my, one of my former co-worker's brothers, they, they, his family's from Louisiana, and he would go catfishing where he said you just stick your arm down in the mud, yeah, and the catfish will grab on. Something, I forget what it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and, and he'd yeah. pull up a catfish, like, three feet long, that's, right. that's like, just, you know, sucking on his arm. Right. You would, like, you'd move your, your hand like your hand's some kind of a fish worm eel thing, and yeah. they'd just bite your arm, and you'd pull them out of the water. I just had nope. a really wrong thought about that. I thought, I had a thought about how, because I would be afraid to stick my arm in the water. I don't want to know what it feels like to have my arm inside of a catfish. <laughs> and I wouldn't be in this situation anyway. But if I was for some reason, and there was a porn shop nearby, I'd get a rubber fist. <laughs> and I'd put it in Not the what I thought you were going to say. Me neither. <laughs> because it's a full arm. Yeah. They come with a full no, arm. No, 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 I know. And I would hold it, I and I would offer it to the catfish. I was just imagining. Not my arm in there. I was just we're imagining fishing through. with dildos. <laughs> the catfish. The catfish. Where did you get this? That could be. That could be a new show for John Lurie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This fishing with John series. Fishing with John. Yeah, fishing oh. with John. Go watch that. Such a great series. <laughs> um. Well, no, because they use, like, whole chickens for, like, fishing for catfish in, like, on the Mississippi. You get a big bait right. You take a giant hook, you put it through an entire chicken, and you throw the entire chicken in the water. Yeah. God. Live? No. Okay. Just, like, That'd you know, super cruel. dead chickens. Yeah. I'm sure people do it with live chickens, too. Yeah, Let's not even Google that. But, yeah, so that's, that's Scooby-Doo Zombie Island, and then... 
do we want to go into... Not particularly. 1980s <laughs> cocaine-fueled... We don't know that it was cocaine-fueled. And it was 1985. There, were, there were a lot of weird, weird slash poor creative decisions it, it that was, happened in the 80s. I mean, it was, there was I also th a lot of wonderful things, too. I, I, think right. it, I think it was just that they had this property. They, they probably saw other properties making, you know... I think the toy industry boomed, so they were like, right. oh, we've got, a, we've got this property, we can reboot it, and we can make toys. And um... So, the reason, so what we're talking about is The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Which is a 1985 version of, it's a Scooby-Doo series, it's, uh, it doesn't have uh, Velma or Fred yeah, right. featured it's got in it. Daphne, it's got Scrappy-Doo. Scooby-Doo, Shaggy, and they introduce a new character, Flimflam. Ugh. Um, so apparently even the people who worked on the show thought it was a bad idea and hated. Right, and so... Flimflam is, is basically, he's basically like, a, it's it, an even more annoying version of Short Round from uh, Temple of Doom. Like right, yeah. yeah, he's a weird 80s phenomenon yeah but the reason we watched this is because after watching the movie we started discussing scooby-doo and having actual like ghosts and actual zombies supernatural and things. actual yeah. supernatural not things. The not just scenario. not just the amusement park owner trying to scare people off for gold or well something. i love how but, at the beginning of the zombie island movie when daphne is being interviewed about her show how she says that you know they had all these adventures, but it was always there. She wanted something real, really supernatural. She was getting bored of constantly uncovering some corrupt person with props and a mask. Yeah. She she was getting bored of having exciting adventures where they, like, uh, captured criminals on a weekly <laughs> yeah, basis. Yeah. That was boring And the dog stuff. flies a plane. Yeah, yeah. I want to see some real action here and then, then when she gets some real action she says this is a lot more than what i was wanting mm -hmm. you know yeah. i want to come face to face with my own mortality zombies yeah. maybe okay or werecats but zombies and, <laughs> and werecats at the same yeah. time and pirate ghosts and Pirate ghosts. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, ghosts. so we we watched an episode, the first episode of Scooby Doo and the Thirteen Ghosts, because it's the first one that deals with there actually being ghosts. I think. I think it's the first. Well, I googled well, it, and that's what I was kind of reading okay. to. It's and it's also the theme for the entire. It's a thirteen episode series. And they're hunting down actual ghosts throughout the whole series. We just watched the first episode. Where they really, release the ghosts because they're idiots. It's yes. not nearly as enjoyable as the original series, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? But it does have a pretty awesome animated version of Vincent Price. And oh, he's yeah. voice acting. And he's Vincent Van Gogh. And that, <laughs> that keeps it up a notch. Yes. Gives it at least a, a worth viewing for that. Yes. If you've just never for some Vincent seen Price this, stuff. It's, it's an interesting piece if you've never seen it. Yeah, yeah. if you've never seen the, seen this and you like Scooby-Doo in general, I would say maybe check out the first episode just so you can see Vincent Price's character in it. Um, give your own opinion. And the animation's not terrible. It's no. just a weird story. And, and there's 80s Daphne. There's yeah. Which is kind of 
fun. It's like April I, and Neil if you just paint her I just suit kind of, purple. I just kind of felt like it was all over the place. Like, oh. It was mm-hmm. just so like rapid Well, and that's why we started and... talking about it being a coke fuel. Yeah, yeah a lot because grab. it's literally there's... just one thing after that. And then this guy, there's, and they're all vampires. They're, but, but so this guy's going to come out, he's going to, he's let's, Dracula. Let's he's just go through the, the strange plot points. It starts off Right. They're flying a plane. A twin, a that's twin the engine. mystery flying machine now. Ugh. Suddenly the mystery machine is a an airplane. They're going to Hawaii. Hawaii, but Scooby is the co-pilot and navigator, and so instead of going to Honolulu, he accidentally sends them to the Himalayas. Right. Which and you they can't don't tell realize the they're flying. They don't realize they've flown to the Himalayas until the last minute. Yeah. It's like, well, we've been flying over land for the past twelve hours. <laughs> but so Look at those sandy beaches. Those are snowy mountains. Right. Oh, okay. So they are flying over the Himalayas. And some ghosts in a castle in the Himalayas steal, they their, fuel. steal their fuel via telekinesis, <laughs> which makes them crash land oh. in a village near the castle in the Himalayas, yes. where there's a bunch of uh, 18th century English, white people. English white, white people. people. Yeah. Kind of Victorian times. Yeah, the village has this weird medieval kind of like Tudor style houses um, and everything. It's completely out of place. And then there's a, I'm guessing he's kind of Tibetanish kid. Yeah. Right. That's supposed to be a Himalayan. Himalayan kid, kid hawking his wares, um, flim in flim town. Flim flim flim. Flim. Because of course, if you're Flint if you're a local kid and you're you know yeah. you're not Caucasian, you're a con artist. Yeah, first. I mean it's really right. And so gross. the after the planes crash landed and then they go into town to try and seek help, the ghosts that live in the castle drag the plane into the castle somehow. But the castle only has two small doors <laughs> on it. And no one thinks that's weird. <laughs> so, so the, the, the they ghost, drag it through. They 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 shrink it down. The, I guess. the two ghosts. The two ghosts want to unleash the thirteen evil ghosts onto the world, but they, being ghosts, can't are able open, to the open the chest. chest. It has to be opened so by the living. It has living. to be by the living. So they right. said we have to find dumb people to come in here. Oh, here comes here comes some dumb Scooby. people. Yeah. You know, and so we have a dumb person detector. Yeah, and we know so they're above us. That's kind of you see. Yeah, crash so land the plane. They're going to pull the crash landed plane into the castle to draw them in, and then at some point, so that they look to... for the plane, and then they go to the local tavern, and they're hanging out and watching the local entertainment, which is a vampire doing show tunes. Yes. And so then they're drinking, or, well, Daphne drinks the local brew, which is Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane. And then they say, Wolfsbane? Well, that turns you into werewolves. And they go, oh, ha, that never happens. And then suddenly the moon starts shining, and the entire bar, including the, the vampire, vampire, turn right. into werewolves. <laughs> 
And then Daphne turns into a werewolf, and then Flim Flam's magic luck joy juice. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Right, that no, sounds horrible. Like, yeah. He sprays that on Daphne, and then she turns back into not a werewolf. Yes. And then they spray all the other villagers with it, and they turn into not werewolves, but still 19th century noble... English people. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, Scooby and Shaggy have gone back to the monastery. The Well, the castle. The castle. And the ghosts have lured them down into a game show. In the basement. In the basement. Where they can win their plane. Yes. Well, no. They've already won a car just by showing up. Yes. And they can trade their car for a plane. Yes. A doghouse in the shape of a fire hydrant uh -huh. with a real fire hydrant in front of it oh, yeah. and a giant bowl of bones. Right. Listeners at home, do you now see why we think <laughs> this is fueled by cocaine? Like, like this is or, like the most... Or, <laughs> option number three, what's in the box? Oh, oh right. Box. And it's, and it's the, it's let's make them squeal. Right. With, um, right. oh god, what, what did they say his name was? Oh, I don't remember. Haunty Mall. Uh, instead of Monty Hall. Yeah, I missed that Mall. part. That's right. It, it's just madness. I also thought the ghosts looked like they were rejects from the Casper cartoon. Yeah, right. yeah, just they were cheap weird. design and like everything um, is very, so very the villagers have been sprayed with joy juice. <laughs> And they've just... been turned away from the cursed werewolves. And they say, well, why were you cursed as werewolves? Oh, we put all these ghosts into a chest, of course, because that's of what course. you do. And then we were all cursed as werewolves, which now makes sense why they're like 19th century people. Why are they Doesn't just that, make though? why they're like <laughs> yeah. in the Himalayas. But, and so, they're like, but don't worry, it can only be opened by mortals, and only an idiot would open that box. To which Daphne says, oh yeah, that's right, where is Shaggy and Scooby? <laughs> you know, I just realized they could have placed it in the Alps. And we they wouldn't should have... have. Yeah. No, we it's... wouldn't have, like, questioned it yeah. all if although, it was in the Alps. I, I, it could I, have been that, like, the, in the coke field, they're like, what's the mountains or, that are or, in... Or, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 They got it's it's the Himalayas, out. right? Yeah, 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 the no, Himalayas. No, oh, I, I think I might, still is. I might have figured this out. So, Great Britain controlled India for a while, mm -hmm. and India uh, okay. has, it, the Himalayas are in parts of northern India. Oh, so you think it's supposed to be northern India? It might be northern India. And it was like a British colony. It might, it might there's, yeah, British colony from <laughs> Outpost, yeah, and, and then they got cursed. What, what year did they... the Temple of Doom come out? Because it really seemed like they were trying to incorporate Temple of Doom, I think, was some, some of that into that. Maybe. Uh, or was... Uh, Raiders, Maybe. I think it was 81. Okay. Uh-huh. And... I so thought Temple I think of Doom was, was like, like 83, 84. 83, yeah, it might be. Exactly. They might have been trying to ape on that a little bit, yeah. It seemed that way. Well, it was really popular. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying that there's one, like, rational person in the writer's room while they're all like, Himalayas! <laughs> well, technically, we have to, you know, make this... So, guys, guys, let's make this historically accurate. I read, I read a little bit because I kind of <laughs> wanted to know more about this series because it was so bizarre and yeah. kind of poorly made. Um, I I came across some information from one of the people who worked on it 
Temple was, of Doom was 84, this came out in 85. 85, so yeah. Right oh, okay. So, one of, the, one of the editors and producers, according to Wikipedia, was responsible for the production of this. He um, also worked on a pup named Scooby-Doo, which came out a little bit later, and yeah. he worked on Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs, which, you know... I really liked Animaniacs when it came out, but uh, Tiny Toon Adventures is a pretty solid show. Yeah, well, it was funny. Yeah, apparently, he, you know, as one of the people who worked on the series, was not a fan of the Flim Flam character, and he referenced it as being the product of network focus groups. So I do think that they were trying to cash in corporate interference. Yeah, Yeah, I totally think that there was there was some let's have a a child racial stereotype character because the kids seem to like that in well, that Indiana yeah. Jones movie. It's that same kind of thing about like with the prequels, how they have like the young Anakin Skywalker right. and they and they shoehorn a bunch of like kid characters because it's like kids, kids want to see themselves in these that's movies, a, which is not true. Yeah, that's, a, that's another true. drink for a Star Wars reference. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The first one wasn't a real Star Wars reference, yeah. kind of. So. Yeah. This is your first official I had to lasso that in and drag it into the, yeah. Well, but I mean, they couldn't just have, because it was 1985 or whatever, they couldn't just have, if they had to have a little boy or a child character that's local, why does he have to be a snake oil peddler? Why yeah. does he have to be well, a little tiny Well, it's not snake oil. It's, it's really good stuff. It but just changed people from being okay, werewolves into people again. We find that out. But it's implied that everybody, all the white people in right. the village, yeah, trying to run look at this town. little brown boy and they're like, he's a little con artist. You know, True. don't talk to Flim Flam. Also the name Flim Flam. Flim Flam? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Flam. it's just, it's pretty gross. And uh, then yeah. also in, you know, after just watching a well thought out production of Scooby-Doo, with really well-drawn ghosts and zombies and things. <laughs> and amazing character development. Amoeba and... Casper ghosts. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, what? What is this? Amoeba Casper. Yeah, Amoeba I mean, ghosts. the only saving, the saving grace of this of this show is Vincent, Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. And big surprise, it got canceled before they ran the entire series because people weren't that into it. So. Yeah. Take it, take it up the rear, focus groups. Yeah, and I, I even the, liked a pup named Scooby Doo as a kid. I think that that's an all right show. Yeah, for nothing makes better art than a committee. Yeah. <laughs> Suicide Squad <laughs> right. is proof positive of that. Mm, art by committee. <laughs> so yeah, we watched that. You don't have to unless you're a completist and you want to see all the Scooby Doo's ever. I just spent the or entire just... twenty minutes of that episode just aghast. That's just like, yeah. what is going on? That Maybe episode we... felt longer to me than Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Yeah, so maybe see if somebody on YouTube compiled all of Vincent Price's scenes, <laughs> scenes. into one like amalgamation. Oh, right, yeah, and watch that because that's all you really want to see. It's good. It's cute. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap it up, I wanted to mention. Some other appearances of Scooby Doo out in other other people's creations out that we've enjoyed. Yeah. yeah, well, okay. Recently, I learned that um, the television show Supernatural, uh, in its most recent season, had an episode that aired in late March, I believe. 
I haven't watched Supernatural in a few years, so I'm not caught up and I don't know all the details on this, but they did a Scooby-Doo crossover episode where it's fully animated and they're actually investigating a case with the entire gang. Um, I really want to see it because Supernatural is an enjoyable show and I, um, for me, I felt like it was sort of uh, an heir to the things that made the X-Files great in its early seasons. Hmm, hmm. And Kim Manners, who was a main producer of the X-Files, was also a producer for Supernatural up until his passing. And there's a lot of that monster of the week and two different personalities out on the case every week and then having an overarching dramatic plot, you know, to save the world from whatever the impending doom is. And if you, so you have these really common themes and some of the funny episodes of Supernatural remind me of some of my favorite funny episodes of uh, The X-Files and not because of plot similarity but because of the general tone mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the way things come across. So and We saw some screen grabs from it and it's pretty hilarious. From the Scooby-Doo episode. From the Scooby-Doo episode. It looks and great. Daphne has an existential crisis when she finds out that ghosts are real and there's an afterlife. <laughs> she yeah. wants to know That's if awesome. she's going to hell. <laughs> so we, we are, well, I'm not sure if there's a way to stream it. I know you can see recent episodes of CW um, through like a Roku channel or online, but I'm not sure how far back it goes. So we haven't watched it yet. We, we're definitely looking forward to checking that out. And then a longtime favorite of ours, uh, I think most of the people in this room, I don't think maybe, Chris, are you a Harvey Birdman fan? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a great episode. The, the Harvey Birdman series that used to be on, on uh, Cartoon Network, or sorry, not Cartoon Network, it was on Adult Swim. Oh, no, it was on Adult Swim. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, they, they have a Scooby-Doo episode where they're defending, Harvey Birdman is defending Shaggy when in the episode's called Shaggy Busted and it implies that he's driving under the influence of marijuana and it's pretty damn hilarious. They do a great parody. Really do. It's so good. The whole the whole show, if you like animation and you like uh, riffing on Hanna-Barbera cartoons and you haven't seen Harvey and Birdman. Strange oh. absurdist humor. Oh yeah. yeah that yeah. show Wonderful. is so good. Um you know, not a sci-fi or horror show, but, you know, Scooby-Doo is right. horror light, and it's it's related. So that's that's a great one. And then also, um, we mentioned earlier the DC Comics uh, Scooby-Doo um, Apocalypse series that's coming out. I think that might be something to look into if you want to hear a serious take well, on these characters. The live-action Scooby-Doo movies, too. Sure, Which yeah. Which are actually... They're all right. They're pretty good. Yeah, the, first, they, the first one was fun. The first, the the first, first one, one really, I thought, that captured the spirit pretty well and had some good casting. I didn't see either one of those, but I know there's a porn parody of Scooby-Doo. Oh, sure. Oh, sure there's sure a there porn is. parody yeah. of Scooby-Doo. It's there's, cute. Um, it's cute. There's a scene in Jay and Silent Bob's Oh, that's right. Back yeah. Where they get picked up by the Scooby-Doo gang. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Um... It's pretty good because... So, yeah, like I said in the beginning of this episode, there's Scooby-Doo references in millions of things, probably. Well, well it's funny you said, like, it, uh, it remains... It's, like, pretty timeless. Yeah, and know? there's the so. Scooby-Doo ending of Wayne's World is, like, oh, yeah. one of the best parts of Wayne's World. It really is. <laughs> I wanted to also uh, 
recommend people who are Scooby-Doo fans, if you're also a horror fan, which how could you not be mm -hmm. and love Scooby-Doo? It's probably your gateway horror, like we said before. Um, check out the artist I.B. Trav. You can check out his artwork at ibtrav.com. And he did a whole series called Lost Mysteries. And I don't believe any of the prints from this series are currently for sale any, any longer. I don't know if he's going to re-release those. He does have other horror-related work for sale through his website, and it's gorgeous. But you can check out the images from all these Lost Mysteries uh, prints that he did. And they were they're basically illustrations with all the Scooby-Doo characters encountering some of our favorite horror movie characters and they are hilarious if you ever wanted to see the scooby-doo gang in the evil dead cabin <laughs> oh yeah or <laughs> you won't be disappointed or fight you know dealing with the robots from chopping mall <laughs> or you know Although, demonic linnea quigley from from night of the demons i think possibly my favorite just because of the absurdity of it is He's got Marlon and Damon Wayans <laughs> from White Chicks as, <laughs> as one of thing, as if White Chicks is a horror movie, <laughs> which I've never seen White Chicks, but I've seen the trailers enough times. I think it kind of is a horror oh, movie. You know what? Look, I wonder if there's an Event Horizon one. Oh, no, I, I don't. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think I saw one, but there's there's just. They do so have many. there's um, Frankenhooker. Right. Oh, Frankenhooker. It's so great. Um, there's uh, Patrick Bateman is in one oh. of them. Oh sure. <laughs> running, it's just Patrick Bateman running after them naked with a chainsaw. <laughs> there's there's a Deadly Friend that Wes Craven oh, weird yeah. movie with um, Christy Swanson in it. Um, yeah, he throws in some obscure movies. Yeah, like, a, a, a really well-rounded horror fan would really appreciate this nice. guy's artwork. It's top quality. Check it out. I'm going to post a link in our show notes for this episode on our Podbean page, which is our homepage. Um, I'm sure there's some pop culture Scooby-Doo stuff we're totally... There is, I, I was going to mention that. Oh, there's so much. They make a special guest appearance in the Venture Brothers as the Groovy Gang. Of course oh. they do. Yes, but they are, uh, they're a group of psychotic, quote-unquote, mystery solvers who are all based on real-world psychopaths. Oh, um, no. Yeah. And uh, the dog is possibly possessed. So It's like the like, dog like from uh, Son of Sam. Sam. Yeah. I really oh. wish, I really I, I wish think... that Ivy Trap had a book of all of these images because I mean not that I don't think the prints are available but I would want all of them so yeah. just you know yeah so, if, yeah. You, if you know this artist and word gets out, you know, he decides to re-release everything into a cool art collection book, we we will buy that book. So Scooby Doo. So Scooby Doo. Good times. Um so uh we discussed earlier um before recording this episode that We'll probably make May our animation month. And, oh. uh, and we're probably going <laughs> to do... You stole that from me, by the way. Yeah. Uh, no, I came up with it on my own. Because uh -huh. I'm a genius and I know how to make amazing, funny See, puns. If it's, I'm so dumb, I was so about to ask you, that what are we... Uh, animation, what are we going to watch? Well, there's actually there's actually a Sorry. podcast that, that I'm quite fond of called Talk Without Rhythm and... 
Uh, they cover film, not television, but uh, the main host for that, El Goro, does every month as his animation hmm. month, and he covers a lot of really quality animated films. So if you're an animation junkie and you just want to check out a quality podcast with really good film discussion in general, and you're you know down to hear some more animation, go check out the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's my, my, my promotion, I guess, for this episode. And then I think, you know, we'll probably next year, I don't, you know, we don't plan that far ahead, but I think for next year's May episode, we will probably be covering some Courage the Cowardly Dog because it'll finally be 20 years old. Yeah. So we're excited Which about that. Which is definitely horror, where Scooby-Doo <laughs> is horror-like. Courage the Cowardly Dog is just unsettling and frightful. Yeah, yeah. I know people who let their really young kids watch it, and I wasn't quite sure how their children weren't traumatized. Yeah. We're just going to watch Watership mm -hmm. Down. No. <laughs> By the way, oh, horrifying. Courage the Cowardly Dog is a strong recommend from all of us, and if you have Boomerang... If you do Amazon Prime and you feel like checking out the channel that's an ad on there, you can do a seven-day trial. We're not getting any kickbacks or anything because, right. you know, it's a great way a tiny you can, podcast. You but... can watch 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Well, you can watch... You can watch wow. And nothing else. You can watch it's just Courage, for that. You can watch Courage the Cowardly Dog. And you can watch all of the original run of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Which mm -hmm. is a good time. Right. So... There's some quality animation, and, and maybe you just want to binge watch something for seven days and avoid paying for it, but, it, you know, it's a fairly <laughs> inexpensive thing. It's it's not as as exciting of a subscription to me as our Shutter subscription, but it's pretty yeah, cool so far. Yeah, that's the gift that keeps on giving is that Shutter subscription. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really happy with it. Yeah. 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 So, in closing, is there anything else anybody... Wanted to add before we. I did want to mention up. the. It always sticks out in my mind the second movie, the direct to video movie, and I don't think they ever aired it on Cartoon Network, but it's Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Okay. And it is wonderful because the main villain in it is Tim Curry, and he oh. just oh he, my god he hams it up. Now I kind of wish we watched that. No, and there, and there's <laughs> a, we wouldn't be able to cover it. Right, right. But there, there is a the great rules, line in it where he's, he's like, sure, "My yeah. ancestors were witches, and I guess that makes me a warlock." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Tim Curry. Oh. <laughs> great. Tim Curry is on my list of great over actors. Yeah, it's yeah. it's what and it's also it it also has music in it. There's a band called the Hex Girls who are like a new age nice. gothy witchy rock band. Yes. Sounds delightful. It's it's a right. fun movie. And then after that one they start going a little off the rails. Okay. <laughs> you know. Oh, I do have to say that 2015 Scooby Doo? What was it called? Uh, Be Cool Scooby Doo. That doesn't this, look We, doesn't we look didn't great. watch it, but I'm already upset by the fact that the animation... They changed the has, art style. It's in the style of Family Guy or American Dad, which I don't understand because Scooby-Doo is its own thing, and I guess people like to do mashups, whatever. I guess I'm a purist. I love the old original look, you know, the slightly cheap late 60s, early 70s animation style. It... You know, it's like comfort food. Yeah. So I want that. Or, I don't, I'm not a Family Guy fan. I don't want something to look like something I already don't like. Right, or let things evolve. Like, I mean, Mickey Mouse changed over time and mm -hmm. has become what he is now. Well, and, and updated. But he evolved. He didn't just like one yeah. day. Yeah. It's, 
It's like... Well, I think it's just one of those, you know, they have to make it look so much like that to get people interested. Right. Because if it looks like the original show, people go, oh, they brought back Scooby-Doo, but then they say, oh, it looks like Family Guy, Here's bro, a let's thought. watch it. If that's the, what you have to do to get people to watch it, put it to bed. Just yeah. have the original right. the original yeah. material widely available for people who want to watch it right. and have a new show. You don't have to well, also, take everything and drain every last little drop of creative energy out of it just to make a buck. I, I know that's crazy could, talk. But I think you could keep going later. Just maybe like wait off on it if it yeah. needs a, a bump in some way. But it's like I think people... They see what they have, and they see it as old, and they see what other people are doing now that's new, and they think, oh, we need to make our thing new. Let's make our thing that's old more like their thing. And that's how we end up with CGI Fred Flintstone on the Fruity Pebbles, like, cereal oh, box. No. And um, oh, the other one I just saw was Toucan oh, Sam on the cereal this. box. Oh, no. Has, like, realistic feather detail now. It's like they're cartoons. Leave them as cart. You don't need to CGI no. the cereal cartoons. You okay, know? so I did just have an idea of a thing you could do with Scooby Doo. That after I just went on that rant, and I'm gonna be contradicting myself. Mm -hmm. But what if you had them in an animated series, and they're actually like, I don't know, about the ages they would be realistically if. They had been if young like, in oh, 1969. Like if they're aging baby boomers well, be, now. Yeah, oh. and you could have, you could have <laughs> yeah. Bubba Hotep meets, meets oh. Scooby-Doo. I no. actually think that would be pretty cool. Like like something in that vein where it's we're like, having a reunion. they're tired of being dismissed because they're getting older and being made to feel like they don't count and they're still kicking some butt and they're out there like uncovering this. together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Son of Scooby-Doo. He doesn't visit enough, though. They're constantly so, you know. No, but you, could, you couldn't have Scooby-Doo in it because he would have died a while ago. Oh! <laughs> Poor Scooby! Okay. Scooby-Doo's a great dane. That's true. They only live, like, seven years. Yeah. Scooby-Doo died a long, a long time, time ago. ago. Although... Scooby-Doo did not make it into the, uh, the age It didn't make it to 13 years. It's yeah. 2018. I think they're replacing Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Who's to say oh, no. that he wasn't cloned at this point? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like, like we mentioned before, the the apocalypse kind of thing, I can see... Of course, he is a great Dane that can talk, so he's obviously a mutated gene. Me, oh, I yeah. think, oh, honestly, if it was me, I would probably just deny that bit of reality and just make this keeps Scooby make Scooby-Doo elderly and crotchety as well. Yeah, one man Scooby. Yeah, one man Scooby. I think that would so he, still well, can't, he still can't say anything right and he's also hard of hearing now. Doesn't so. Scooby-Doo oh. have like yeah. an older family member, Scooby-Dumb? Yeah, no, that's his cousin. His cousin, his cousin Scooby-Dumb. Scooby -Dumb. Right, and then he's got the nephew, Scrappy. Yeah, so he's got, he at least has, so his parents had other kids. Right. And he has... Because they're dogs. And he has a sibling, at least, because he has a nephew. I right. got it. I got it. A nephew that got sent to them because he's what annoying? What if Scooby-Doo yes. has an evil twin brother... Oh, no. ...named Scooby-Doom? Or what about Scooby-Don't? <laughs> terrible. Uh, also terrible. Scooby-Don't. Scooby <laughs> yeah, because Scooby-Dumb is really good, and Scrappy-Doo yeah. is really good. No, Scooby-Don't oh. waits in the basement for if you go down there. <laughs> and he says, don't. don't. Yes. He's waiting, he's waiting to be in that Edgar Wright movie. <laughs> don't. 
Scooby don't. Scooby don't. All right, so that's that's our <laughs> Scooby Doo show. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Well, thanks as always for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, we have a Twitter account. It's at Haunted Davenport, and that's Haunted Davenport with one D. Or you can email us directly through Gmail. We are Haunted Davenport at or dot gmail dot com, which is two uh, Ds. So Haunted Davenport at gmail dot com or at Haunted Davenport on Twitter. Um, we do not have a clear plan for what June's episode will be, but we will be having a good time with that and then look forward to no we always have, we a, always good have a good time i can guarantee yeah. a good time i just can't tell you what it's gonna be i'm well, thinking there was that one time i'm thinking it's it's it i'm we need to discuss it i'm leaning towards something a little bit older like 70s since we've been kind of hanging out in the 90s realm mm-hmm. for the last few episodes right but um I also can tell you that we definitely. Go really vintage, even. Who knows? Well, we will have a really fun summertime. Are you afraid of the dark? Uh, episode where we revisit episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark and get into that summertime scary stories around the campfire feel. Probably July or August. So if that sounds good to you, you can look forward to that. If not. Uh, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> anyway. I don't know how we got through this entire episode without a zoinks! Zoinks! Or a jinkies. No, you I think know, we had a jinkies. Do we have a jinkies? Yeah. I've heard it so many times, I think I think I was a little zoinked out. You're all zoinked out. Mm-hmm. I get zoinked out every Friday. Do you? <laughs> That's good to know. You get zoinked out and watch some Scooby-Doo. That's right, yeah. man. Oh. All right. Well... Thanks, and we'll see you next month. It's time for some Scooby snacks. Yeah.